College Kings is back with your boys, Nate Dog, and of course, CDM. What's up, my brother? Welcome back, you lovely people. Welcome back, sir. Oh, man. Another great week of college football, obviously. Mm. Um, just just had Gabe on, so, you know, we got some other perspective on college football from another person. Um, ready to get into and talk about some of these amazing games we had this weekend. Yes, like CDM said, we had a little mini thing with Gabe before the pod. We pre-recorded it. We're going to throw it in the middle of it. It is our playoff in Heisman Watch, as well as our playoff prediction. Gabe joined us for that little segment. It's about a you know, close to an hour-ish, so I hope you all enjoyed that. We're going to go through some mini news that's going to be affecting the college football landscape. Some big news and some bigger news uh, that we have to at least touch on for a little bit. Not much news about one of those things yet but we know a little bit about it we're gonna give our perspectives on that and then of course we're gonna do a quick little recap on some of the big games this week we had some big ones we got some upsets had some near upsets so we're gonna talk about all those games and then of course we're gonna close out the podcast with our game picks as always cdm remains with a one game lead as we go both go five we've been cooking the past five and one this last week dude we have been cooking right now we're cooking the past few two these past two weeks i've been i've been like geez i can't i can't shake this guy i'm over here picking great games but we're also we're we're also picking the same games because we're both smart and we kind of know football so hey we know for yeah yeah we just took a little time to get in our groove here now we're we're cooking with gravy and we're we're cooking with oil baby let's go hey let's do this thing let's get right into it though some mini college football news. We'll get through this kind of quick and give a quick little opinion on these things. We got Quinn Ewers, one of the best players big in the loss. country, man. This is a big loss indeed. Missing the next two to four weeks with a grade two AC joint sprain that's in the shoulder. We've seen some players with it, you know, had to battle through it. Derek Carr in the NFL. We saw Deshaun Watson. Uh, Anthony Richardson actually had a, a, such a bad injury with it that he has to have season-ending surgery. It's not that bad. Luckily for Quinn Ears, he can come back if his team can stay afloat, get into that Big 12 championship with a chance to make the playoffs. So everything is still possible for him as the backup comes in. But CDM, I'm going to send it to you. Do you think they are in trouble now that they are down? You know, Quinn Ears, no, it's no Manning. This is not Manning's team. Not yet. Oh, no. Not yet, no. Uh, I think it is a little scary. I think this could be a little scary time for Texas right now um, because that offense revolves around Quinn Ears as well. Um, coming off a bye week, that really sucks as well, Mm -hmm. just because you had all that time and preparation and then this happens to your leading quarterback. So it sucks because this is two back-to-back seasons where he's had injuries where he has to miss time and it's kind of, and this is probably the worst time because it's straight divisional play. It's crunch time moments. Every game matters. And Texas is going to have to find ways to win without him. Texas is going to have to find ways to overcome everything in their path to get to a Big 12 championship and possibly face Oklahoma to possibly make the playoffs. And, you know, there's possibilities here and there and everywhere. Um, yes, no Arch. I don't think Arch will be playing at all this season unless they're blowing a team out 70 to nothing. But I think I was talking to my boy Joey. I went up to – I went and got some food today and talking to my boy Joey. He's a Texas fan. And I told, I looked at, I was like, "Hey, man, are you scared right now?" Just because he's he's not playing for a couple weeks, he's like, "I'm a little nervous." You know, nerves are okay to have, especially with a team with this high caliber offense and um, good coaching as well. 
So I wouldn't say it's a total. I would be if I wouldn't say it's like defining your season right now, but it is pretty scary just because you know this is your captain of your de- of your team, and um, you know I wouldn't say that their playoff hopes are over, or but they are kind of in jeopardy. So they're going to need Malik Heath to play really good football, really smart football as well. Steve is good. We're going to see Steve coach a lot better now. More elite coaching is going to have to come into play. But um, I, I would, I would, um, I would. It's kind of like walking on eggshells right now. You got to be careful with Texas. Yes. Texas got to be careful right now. So, um, yeah, I would be scared. I would be scared just a little bit. Not too much though. Not too much. There's still time to get this team back on track. I hope he's only out for two weeks. Two weeks would be fine. But if you want to play it safe, keep him out for four. Get him fully healthy because you want him to play at his best. Yeah, I mean, you said it the best. I mean, this this team's got a lot in front of them still, but. You know, when you look at their schedule for the ring, remainder of the year, it's in conference. But these conference games have always been tough, even though these teams might not be, you know, the powerhouses they were in the last couple seasons. But, you know, you have – oh, what a sack. That was a big sack. Uh, but, I mean, you have – you got this BYU game this week, the Kansas State game, who has been really good. Not this year. They haven't been great. But they're sneaky. They're, they're still, sneaky. Hey, they're still 5-2. and two. They're not a – bad football team and then tcu they had a massive win against byu the other week a couple weeks ago um and then you still and then iowa state and texas tech and then texas tech they had high expectations this year obviously underperforming very very low but yeah this team has this is a little scary this is scary when it comes to your opportunity to come back and go back to the big 12 championship and possibly beat oklahoma to make it to the college football playoffs. And, yeah, you don't want to ever see this. Oh, dang it. Stop throwing. D- oh, my goodness. Sorry. I need this 49ers offense to start cooking. I need TJ Hawkinson so bad, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I know you do. Oh, I know you do. But, um, yeah, man, it's this is a tough one. You don't want to ever see this with a player. I like Quinn a lot. I hope this is just not it's just a one-time thing that's not going to affect his career at all but yeah i mean you can't you can't act like you're not scared when you're texas i mean when you got uh murphy you know he's he's good but he's not queen Ewers. you know he's not the same kind of a player did and, i say malik he's i meant but yeah murphy sorry murphy yeah, is what it I meant. Not malik, malik. isn't it malik murphy or something like that's, i think it's malik murphy i said malik Heath. it's another player yeah you got it. malik murphy that's it yep yeah um but yeah um yeah i mean we'll see what happens i i do think it's it's scary. You can't act like it's not. So we'll see. Wishing the best to his uh, recovery as always. Oh, my God. That was almost a pick, my friend. Um, But let's move on to a massive controversy that at first everyone's like, well, everyone does this. And then everyone finds out, well, that's they're doing a little bit more than just what everyone else is doing. Michigan Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Michigan University has been caught up in another controversy. This one is sign stealing. And we don't want to give any false narratives. We'll give you the rule in the rule book. This is what it says. Technically, what you cannot do. Any attempt to, re- this is quote, this is in quotes. Any attempt to record either through audio or video means any signal given by an opposing player, coach, or other per- team personnel is prohibited. So that's techni- that is the technical thing you cannot do. What's going around is that apparently Michigan personnel was being sent to football games of past opponents and possible opponents, future opponents, to just watch signs and pretty much 
record data to where they know which sign means what, what signal means what, and it's uh, it's just another form of uh, Spygate and the Astros and in the MLB when they got caught stealing got, signs. Got caught slacking, dude. Hey, a lot of teams do a lot of things. But so the thing, caught? so I read about this today because I, I didn't really know this was happening until yesterday when I saw it. Um, they had, uh, Michigan recently has suspended mm. indefinitely a member of their staff because he has been buying 30 tickets to 11 plus more Big Ten games. The past few seasons, oh, they uh, stealing signs. Over. Thirty games. That's yeah, over. <laughs> like that may I? Oh, dude, it's over. It's done with. Like, <laughs> I think that causes for. I think what happens if you do get caught for it and you do get like, um, uh, not accused, but what am I trying to say? Um, you get judged for it, and, and the mm-hmm. they pass the sentence. To, I think you get suspended. I think you you're not bowl eligible for a couple years as well. Yeah, probation. Or maybe probation, yeah, yeah, I think it's you're not bowl eligible. Your recruitment is. I think your recruitment may be locked up. I know uh, one fact that I am so so heartedly knowing is that you are suspended from bowl play. So I don't know if that will continue into this year or if they continue that to next year, depending on what happens. But very bad. Oh my God, Fred Warner. Just dove over the pile. Jeez. Oh my God. There's what? You can't call flag on that. Yeah, I'm trying to find out. Oh my what... God. He he got there, dude. No way. Yeah, but no, I think they do. Like, they should get a suspension from bowl play and possibly like recruiting. I think that's one of, I think that's two, one of the two things that happens. But very, very sloppy on their part. In my opinion, maybe that's why they're blowing out all these people, Nathan. Maybe that's why they're only giving up ten points a game is because they're stealing signs. <laughs> you might be. Maybe Michigan something. is not that good as everybody thinks they are because they're stealing signs. <laughs> it literally says, yeah, there it is, thirty games over a three year span, <laughs> eleven of a Michigan Big Ten teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I told. Yeah, like this man spent his money to go cheat and got caught slacking. This is so odd. Yeah, pretty much. The thing is that they don't know what to do because this has never happened before. Oh, my God. It's Jordan happened in the NFL before, but it's please, never happened in college football. Please throw the ball to Hutchinson, man. I, like, give me a chance. You know? Oh, my gosh. I had the Lions defense put up negative six. Sorry. But, yeah, it seems like, uh, let's see, the determined advantage again, uh, game to be debated. There's no advantage. Uh, reducing scholarship should be a would be a punish, so they would take away some scholarships and stuff. Um, oh God! Just imagine you're like a true freshman coming onto campus, and then you have to leave because they screwed up. Yeah, and they got your scholarship. It taken says away. that they don't think it would uh, get to a postseason ban. I don't think it would get that bad. And uh, I mean, it definitely seems. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're gonna get a massive fine. It says. You're going to get some big-time suspensions. I'm surprised Jim uh, Harbaugh's not going to get suspended again. I mean, you might even see like a you might even see a fire, like an athletic director fire or something. Like someone that's not Jim, you know. Get, yeah, I know what you mean, but it's just like, how do you let this get past you? Like, how do you, like, first off, who, who like, put all of this together to get this, like, this far, uh, buying, th- like buying 30 tickets to 11 games 
how do you like how do you get past this how do, how does how does uh the how does college how does the college football world let this uh slide under their nose so easily until now i mean it is kind of crazy right like this just out of nowhere Sign it's like sign stealing in football. Like this is unheard. Like baseball, of. I understand. Like Houston Astros made the like Houston Astros. They did that with the trash cans. That's understandable. But I mean, in fo- I agree with you. In football, I couldn't even mm. know what sign they're calling. That's the thing. Is like you had like that is so premeditated. Like you had to sit in the room, multiple people had to sit in a room and be like, "All right, we're gonna we got this plan. We're gonna cheat." And we're going to start stealing signs. Coach, that's got to be elite. Uh, Only if you get caught. Only if you get caught. Only if you get caught. And it's so weird because, like, that had to have been, like, there had to have been. You don't just randomly start stealing. Like, you had to You don't go buy 30 tickets to 11 games to to just go and watch. Like, come on now. You're on a mission. Yeah, literally, this is a mission. And it failed because he got caught. But, I mean, it's so weird. Like, I feel like there should be some kind of. Big time, you know. I think a postseason ban would be nice. I think that's very, I think that's very respectable. Would, like yeah, a post, like not this year, big not this suspension. year, just because they're playing good. But I mean, for the next no, couple yeah. of years, we won't. For see the anything, next, yeah. like maybe two, maybe for two years. I mean, it happened to Ole Miss one time. Ole Miss had bowl bans. Yep. Alabama bowl bans too. I mean, I think there should be some big, um, big punishments to this team right now. Because of something like this, I mean, first off, you sat, as you said, they probably all sat together, sat down, and watched film on not even the coaches. I mean, not even, like, the players per se, just the coaches on the sidelines watching what play, like, what signs make what plays happen. I mean, it's just like, how do you, I mean, first off, get better at coaching. Yeah. Okay, so you don't have Why? to steal signs. Get better at coaching. Then maybe you won't have to go out there and hire somebody to go steal signs for you. And then just like you know, play the game fair, play it right. I mean, yeah. play to your. I mean, if I mean, if you really want the win, you're going to coach a better game. You're going to out coach the other team. Don't don't stoop to the level of stealing signs and cheating in a game that is loved by so many people. Because then that brings a bad rep on your university, brings a bad rep on your team, on the players, on the coaching, brings a bad rep all around. So I mean, Michigan, Michigan, especially with all the stuff that's happened to Jim at the beginning of the season, have that three game suspension. That just, I mean, that's putting more on Michigan right now. Is it's like, are they really that good, or are they just have they been cheating the past two years? They just cheat all the time. Maybe they beat Ohio State twice. I mean, come on now. Yeah, they couldn't beat them, and now all of a sudden, when they get these controversies, I mean, it is weird because you never want to see like a university just like plagued with controversies. Like, I know there was that time when LSU was like caught up in a couple of them. It was just like, man, this is like, ew, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, this is a tough thing to defend as a fan. So I don't I don't know what it is. I don't want to act like we know exactly what it is. But if all these things are true that are coming out, we got to see some kind of, like, foot being put down and, you know, some... some oh, for sure. You got you to gotta hand out some punishment and you can't, can't just lean on them just because of, you know, if, if that or this. So we'll see what happens. I'm very intrigued at what the results will be. So we'll keep an eye on it, and we will let you know immediately. The rumor is, I mean, that's what they said. Uh, one of the insider our, our reporters said that um, don't expect anything before the end of the season. Like these investigations, NCAA takes so long on these investigations. Oh, yeah. It's, but, I mean, they got to start from the bottom up on how this all started as this well. This is probably going to be a, like a one- to two-year type of thing. So 
strap no. in. This isn't going to be an overnight thing. This probably Sadly, won't even happen no with all punishment season. to come sooner either. Exactly. I mean, yeah, they. I mean, they suspended. They suspended the uh, the like the assistant that, that person was doing yeah. all the cheating. But I mean, also, I feel like he's definitely gone. He is like so fired. It's not oh, even yeah. funny. You get caught. Like, he's like he's not going to have a job. Like he is not going to have a job at all. But speaking of the Big Ten, mm. we actually had a really good Big Ten matchup. Well, yes, we yeah, uh, I wouldn't say good. Um, <laughs> good I'd say kind of mid. We had Ohio battle. State versus Penn State this weekend in Columbus, Ohio. Very big, highly anticipated game. Um, Penn State coming in with one of the best defenses and a very explosive offense. Ohio State coming in with a very good defense and a very good offense. But this game was very, very weird. I'm going to start us off. Um, Offense didn't show up. Offense did not show up for the Nittany Lions at all. Drew Allard played one of the worst games. He went 18 of 42, 191 yards, one passing touchdown in trash time. The, The passing touchdown was in trash time. Like, it was not even... Wasn't even worth it. It was just to cut the lead down. Loss. The final score was twenty to twelve. But also, See you have man. to look at Ohio State. Uh, you can take a lot away from Penn State right here. They did not come ready at all, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They John Franklin. John Franklin is not. He is two and fifteen against top top twenty or like top ten, top five AP opponents. It's just he does not have the resume right now. One of those wins is against Ohio State, but they blocked Jeez. a field goal. We all remember that beautiful moment. Um, but it's just like they did not. It looks like they did not come in their offense. It seemed to me. Oh my God, go Christian yep. touchdown! Let's go. Um, it looked to me that their offense was being very conservative with play calling. Like everybody is harped on Penn State taking shots downfield. They did not, dude. They have not. They, have, they did not take any shots over the middle. Barely. They took short slant routes, out routes. Drew Allen was not putting the ball on them at all. Like I mean, he was. He was bad. Yep. Like, I mean, he came out in the press conference saying he was, I wouldn't say he said he was trash, but he didn't, I mean, he was very disappointed in himself to where the point he was holding back tears. I mean, he did not play good. Um, Ohio State didn't really look the best either, in my opinion. I mean, putting up 20 points is very good, especially how they did it. Um, but the defense, defense definitely showed up, shut down that Nindy Lion offense. Um, it just depends on, it just depends on what Ohio State can do on the offensive side of the ball. If you get Marvin Harrison Jr. going, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long day for defenses. And that's what they did. They they uh, got him going for sure. He had a career-high 11 receptions for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, just carved up the secondary, man. I mean, God. the defense defense played good at some point. But other than that, Penn State did not. Penn State did not show up to play, and I am a huge Penn State supporter. And as Nolan tells me every year, it is just going to be disappointment, and it was disappointment again. Because, I, I mean, once again, Ohio State was the favor, but they were downplayed as the underdog, and then they come in and defense just dominated. Uh, from the trenches, dude, defense just dominated. They couldn't get a run. Uh, passing game was off. But do I think that Ohio State is a uh, – up there in the Big Ten? No, I do not. I still think Michigan is. Michigan is still uh, Michigan is still the top dog in the Big Ten right now, just because Ohio State has lost to them twice, and Michigan has been blowing out opponents. But uh, honestly, I think we found out a reason how they're blowing out opponents. So, I mean, there's controversy right there, but in my opinion, Ohio State is right behind Michigan in the Big Ten. Um, uh, and as we said before previously, that the big game to determine Ohio State season is in Ann Arbor. It, it relies in Ann Arbor this year. It is 
you know, they have to go to they have to go to Michigan and win. And that's gonna be hard, especially after these two years of losing. Yep. But my thoughts on this game is, you know, Penn State was Penn State was mid. Penn State did not play good. Ohio State, very dominant on defense. Um, little hit or miss on offense, just depending on how uh depending on how they play throughout the games that they're about to go into. Mm. But Ohio State comes out with the win. Very good game, very good win for them. Um very uh very good uh, ra- uh, fuel to get keep going into the season as well. Mm-hmm. Takes down another undefeated divisional opponent. Now we wait until Ann Arbor, in my opinion, to see what they're really made of. Yeah, hey, well said. It's it's this one was. I said it was going to be a defensive battle. I really thought that was going to happen, and it kind of played out like I thought. I didn't think the the offenses would look like. I didn't think Penn State's offense would look this bad. And, oh, dude, it was atrocious. And it, it was kind of, I it was halfway my fault, you know, not watching enough. It felt, I thought I watched a, a good bit of, of highlights and games, not just highlights of this Penn State team. I want to give my respects to Ohio State's defense. It's a great defense. Like, it's a top 10 defense in the country, possibly a top five defense. My biggest takeaway was the talent on offense. Ohio State had guys. Penn State has no guys. Just no. Just game changers. You see what Marvin Harrison Jr. does for Ohio State. I mean, he dominated. He had 11 catches, Mm -hmm. 162 and a tud. Cade Stover had a couple of massive catches late in that game. Julian Fleming only got one catch, and he's a monster. Uh, uh, he, he's on the rise for sure on that offense. Yeah, Xavier uh, uh, Johnson. He's he's another great player. He only had one catch. So I mean, they uh, have guys. Uh, everywhere. Abuka didn't play. Did Abuka play or no? I think he was injured. Yeah, he's been out for a couple weeks. I don't know what. Uh, Maybe a lower body injury. But as I agree with you, this offense, this offense has playmakers everywhere. And that was Kyle McCord played. McCord played a good game as well. He didn't look. Didn't look the worst, but he didn't look the best either. It was just not a, there's, it was just, there was no elite quarterback play. It was just like your quarterback had to get the job done. Yeah. And it was just depending on who wanted to get, who wanted it more. And Ohio State wanted it a lot more. Yeah. I mean, Penn State's defense is legit, man. They played their butts oh, off. Yeah. I loved what I saw from this, this defense for the Nittany Lions. It's as good as advertised, I would say. I just, I just, and I don't want to put everything on Drew. Like I said, man, the running game, there was no running game. It felt like all day. And then they just didn't have a guy in that receiving core that could make a couple of points, like get open at all times. Like Marvin Harrison's, uh, Harrison Jr. wasn't always open, but he, he just made the catches when he was like double covered, blanketed. He still would make the catch. Penn State didn't have a guy that could just go out there and make a play. Yes, Drew yeah. Aller was off all day. Never felt like it was even close to a rhythm. Had open guys and missed them, but there was no like wide open receivers for Penn State. And that's a, oh no, this defense was blanketing the yeah, field. And that's that's hey, that's a credit to Ohio State's defense. Those corners are playing good ball. They've got a great defensive line. A couple really good uh, players on that defensive line. The linebackers are flying around. I. I love what I'm seeing from Ohio State's defense, but it, that's what it came down to me for me. Like the skill set on each offense was so prevalent, and halfway has con- contradicted myself when I, as you'll hear later in the pod, um, 
like we said, we pre-recorded the part that's going to be after this recap. But like I said, there's an eye test with this team that still tells me they're not fully there, even though they look so much more talented than Penn State. Penn State's talent is not a top 10 talent on offense, it felt like. Ohio State's talent is a top five talent on offense, but I'm not seeing them put it together. Yes, Penn State's defense is legit, and they're going to make a lot of teams look bad on offense. But, like, there's something that's just not fully there. The run game was not clicking for Ohio State. I don't think McCord's going to be able to win the biggest of games without a run game, so that's a little questionable, even though Penn State's defensive line and linebackers, that front seven is just massive. lethal, dude. They're great. Uh, I mean, they get to the ball. They get to the ball super fast. They're explosive defense. Yeah. Like, they know where the ball is going to go, and I agree with you on that. I don't think McCord is going to be able to – like, if you don't have Henderson back, if you don't have Henderson back in that backfield, then it's just kind of like, I mean, are you going to be really able to – open up that wide. Are you going to be able to get Marvin Harrison open? Are you going to be able to get Fleming open? You know, having such a dominant run game is going to be able to help this pass game a lot more, especially with the, like with the wide receiver ability you have outside. I mean, you have a generational wide receiver Mm. outside. You have a hall of famers son, possibly future hall of famer and Marvin Harrison jr. Coming on the outside. I mean, you have to be able to get those guys open. And there were some plays like, I mean, Marvin Harrison jr. Was wide open on one play that touchdown play he had. Oh my gosh. That dude was, Oh, that made me so mad. Cause he was just wide open. I mean, you can't get mad. You can't get mad at that just because of what, just because of coaching coaching had played a big part of it. And I don't, yeah. I think Ryan day in Ohio state came into that second half and out coach Penn state. Cause at halftime, it was 10 to six. And honestly, you thought there was going to be a game. You thought Penn state was going to be able to catch lightning in a bottle and take uh, at least score during the second half and at least make it a manageable game. But they got a, that, tra- that touchdown in trash time was just like, that was just for pride. That was just for like, to at least make it not look like a, a 20 to six blowout. Yeah, I mean, and last thing I'll really say, I mean, it's got to come to a point where Penn State, yes, they can still beat Michigan and technically still be in this hunt with some luck, but there's got to come a point where you got to look in the mirror and say James Franklin's just not that guy. He's just not that coach because two and fifteen, he, two and fifteen against top AP opponents. He cannot win the big games, man. He just cannot mm-hmm. win the big games. Horrible record against top 10 teams, like you said, in the AP uh, teams. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous what this team has done over the years. Always has hype and always fails to the hype. And it, it comes down to James Franklin. I just don't know if he can win the big games as a head coach. I mean, he. I think he should be considered to be in the hot seat. I don't think you should put him in the hot seat right now. I, mean, I think yeah. there should be a total consideration of him being there. Because, I mean, once again, that 2016 Penn State team who went 10-2 and, t- uh, and two, and you had Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, Mike Isicki. I think you had uh, Chris Godwin on that team as well. I mean, you had studs, and you went to a Big Ten championship and won, but you still didn't make the playoffs, which isn't bad. And you lost in the Rose Bowl, which was, eh, I mean, that was a big loss, but what a historic game that was. Mm. But, I mean, John Franklin has to figure out, like, John Franklin has to figure out coaching his players a lot better than, you know, taking these conservative plays and trying to make something big out of them. Cause this is not the same team that you've had before. This is not a Saquon Barkley led team. No. This is not Trace McSorley. No. TJ Hawkinson down. I'm done. I'm dead. Team's dead. I'm over with. Is he down? Yeah, foot. I'm so done for. 
Oh, you're ahead of me. Hold up. Oh God, I'm scared. Oh, this is so but I mean, I think that we could. I think we both hit on that Ohio State Penn State game. I think we both wrapped it up around perfectly. Um, yeah. I hey, wait, I, one last thing. James gotcha. Franklin, last time, last guess the place he coached before Penn State. Bandy. Oh yeah, you did. You knew it. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I knew that. And he made Vanderbilt kind of look good. Yep. They did. I, There's no, I wonder, mean, no wonder he can't win the big game. Um, <laughs> I mean, how do you go from Vanderbilt? Oh, dude, that's scary. That kind of, oh. Yeah, that's, ooh. if he's done for my debt, my team is dead on fantasy. So. Oh, man, that sucks. But yeah, I yes, mean, yes, it, John Franklin's got to figure out, uh, figure out himself. I think he's got to look in the mirror and figure out what he's got to do. Yeah, man. I think that'll do it for our Big Ten talk. Let's go to the other power conference. Amazing conference in college football. Let's go to the SEC, where your Alabama Crimson Tide make a massive comeback and settle down on the naysayers on this squad, and they knock off the Volunteers to stay Say it with alive. me, Nate. Say it with me. Roll, Tide, roll. Okay, we're not going to get that out of you, but we'll get it out of you one day. We'll get it out of you one day. It's not going to um, Very good game. Very good game. Um, had to battle some adversity, mm. very big adversity in this game, going down 20 to seven at halftime. Um, I was scared. I was at work watching this. I uh, hate Gabe can't be on here because Gabe is also a Tennessee fan. Yes. He gave his points um, later on. It was very, it was a very, it was very scary at first. It was very scary because Tennessee looked to dominate. Tennessee looked like they were going to dominate this entire game. That first quarter was insane. Mm. Uh, that touchdown pass to squirrel, right? That was right here in the breadbasket. That was beautiful. Squirrel. Squirrel. Um, such a weird name to give your kids. <laughs> it's technically his nickname, weird... but it's the name that it's always what? pops up. It's technically a nickname. So, oh god, I was about to say, please tell me it's not his actual name. We, I looked it up. I was like, that's a that's a name to okay. give your kid. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, Tennessee looked very good, and uh, Bama just did not. Bama kind of looked like the team that we are used to seeing at the beginning of the season. Or kind of in the beginning of games, slow starting, getting into a groove. Um, offensive line played decent this game, I would say. Uh, the fresh, the true freshman tackle is just getting dominated every game. The true freshman, ta- what, what was that? What? What did you just do? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, the uh, the true freshman tackle was getting dominated. Uh, but Jalen Milrow, Jalen Milrow once again has is surprising everybody with his play. Jalen Milrow is playing. Uh, one of the be- uh, starting to really show me that he is the like one of the best quarterbacks right now in the league. Um, not saying top ten, top five, but obviously he He's is starting good. to grow into his own character around this Alabama offense. He yes. played good. I yeah. mean, that interception was that interception was bad, but I mean, you throw it in. Uh, it was a good defensive play, um, player right there at the right time. Um, going down 13 at half was very big because Alabama hasn't big down that big since the national championship, but they played Georgia. Tua came in the second half. It's very big, but coming into the second half, Alabama gets the ball, and it's just the second play. I think it's the second or third play. We hit Isaiah Bond for 49 yards, and that changed the game. Changed, changed the game entirely. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, we. Uh, as you text me. Oh, jeez. Addison down now. God bless. Good. Good Lord, injury bug. As Nate, me and Nate text during the games, and we say that, um, you know, you, we get our annual Jalen Milrow bomb for sure, and this was one of them. Yep. Um, Isaiah Bond is really starting to come into play. Jermaine Burton is dog. That's a Sunday player. 
dog. He is so good. There's one play that he made. There's one catch. It was like catching traffic, grabs it, pulls it in, goes for an extra five to ten yards. I mean, very good play. Um, we caught lightning in a bottle, and then defense. The defense played outstanding. Defense played outstanding to let up no score in the second half. The one I respect the Tennessee, respect the Tennessee. You know, last year they had their game. Last year they definitely had their year against us. But, you know, it's hard to beat the same team twice. It's hard to go into Nick Saban's world and uh, try and beat him again. Nick Saban has never lost back, uh, hasn't lost back to back games since I think LSU and Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss was Ole Miss. And then he lost uh, back to back games against Florida at LSU. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Alabama gets one of the revenge games under their belt. Uh, Tennessee just did not look – Tennessee was very conservative in the second half, very, ten, very, very conservative. Defense came out. We get that scoop and score that ultimately led uh, – sealing the game for us, making it 34-20. to 20. And the two fourth downs that Tennessee went for, I did not like. Did not like them going on fourth down because if you don't – if you don't go on and you punt the ball, you still have a chance to – um, make it a game because it was only twenty to it was only twenty to twenty seven when they went for it on that on that second fourth down and they didn't get it. But respect to the defense for coming in and playing lights out in that second half. Um, Tennessee yeah. is still a very good team. I mm. still think that you need to put the ball in Joe Milton a lot more. Uh, me and Gabe were talking about it. Take more shots downfield. Uh, trust your quarterback because I mean Joe Milton at the end of the game was just running QB draws. And you're not going to be able to do that on Sundays. The only person that can do that on Sunday is Lamar Jackson. But look how shifty he is compared to Joe Milton, who's going to drop a shoulder on you. And Fred Warner's not going to let you drop a shoulder (laughs) on him and run him over. But very good game for Alabama. Very good win. 5-0 in SEC play now. Um, Very good win streak we got going on. We got that revenge game under that. So now we go into a bye week. And then after the bye week, we play another revenge game, possibly could be the best game of the year. I will stand by that fact. I said that about a lot of games this year, but I think <laughs> this game is going to be game of the year. You have an unstoppable offense versus a very good defense, which would be LSU versus Bama. So Alabama is on a roll right now. I hope we continue that, and hopefully the offense continues to get better and better. Offense didn't really look bad in the second half. Offense looked really, really good. So respect to Tennessee, respect to Alabama for giving us a classic, but on to the next game, which is our, you know, second revenge game and we're going to win. Oh, oh, is that so? Is that okay? I like the I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be such a good game. Yeah, that's going to be an amazing game. Uh, first but of how do you feel about this game? Oh, yeah. First of all, TJ Hawkinson back at the game. Season's still oh, alive. That's good. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, in this game, uh, <laughs> uh, Never bank on Alabama just having a game where they're just they're good, you know, all all for sixty minutes. It's just like it. I think it's almost a consensus at this point that we're not going to see sixty minutes of football from this team. <laughs> like last week against Arkansas, you you give up the weird second half, and then yeah, this the week half is weird. you do the opposite, play bad in the first half. It's like they, it's like it's like those first two quarters were like. The Arkansas last two quarters, and then the second half. I mean, the se- yeah, the second half against this uh, Tennessee was like the first half against Arkansas. So it's, it's yeah, very weirdly, it's a weird consistency of what we have going on right now. Because I mean, I agree with you on that. Is just kind of shades of Arkansas last week, but just vice versa. Yep. And I mean, 
that's good to have. I'm glad that we can wake it up, but I don't want to be, I know I don't, I know Alabama doesn't want to be a second half team. They want to be a 60 minute, you know, we want to be able to punch you in the mouth every, every play. And it just, it takes time. It takes time. And this is what this season is all about. It's all about getting the right play players in the right places and uh, putting all the pieces together at once. Yeah. So, I mean, Tennessee, I just don't understand how Tennessee just went so dormant in the second half. Yeah. I mean, Pruitt, mm. uh, not Pruitt, almost. <laughs> <laughs> he just, uh, Tennessee's coach just did not, I don't feel like he trusted the offense enough, but defense right there, defense play, once again, and I love, I'll, I'm, I love staying on it because defense wins championships and we're getting back to being a dominant defense now. Yes. And that's what kind of, that's what showed us for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was the big thing is, you know, the first half I was like, where's Alabama's defense? The least like that usually shows up. Tennessee kind of walks down the field and it was a little shaky at first. And then my favorite thing about this game was Alabama's commitment to the run. Did not yes. give up on it. And I've been harping that all year. I feel like if this team has a chance to, and it's, it's all about identity. It's not about being the best running team in the country. It's not about, you know, having the, these, you know, your running back run for 100 yards and Milrow run for 50. It's not about that. Like, Milrow only had three rushing yards. I'm asking, won the ball more than pass the ball. Wait for the the bombs off the play action. And this is what they did, man, in that second half. They come out swinging. Once they got that touchdown, the big play to, to Bond, I was like, all right, yep, this one might be a – Oh, dude, that changed, the, that changed my whole perspective because I'm not going to lie. At halftime, I was like, well – it was fun. It was, it was fun. a fun season. Yep. But then Milro came out that second half and showed me that he is so he is stepping up week by week as becoming not an elite passer, but I would say average. I would say enough. maybe a little bit above average yes. as a passer. I mean, he's he made throws last week that I haven't seen him make all season, and that would be intermediate to uh, intermediate to yes. uh, low throws. Like those are the big throws that he had to make, and he made some of those throws good. I mean, once again, the interception was bad. It was a great defensive play, but that's like that bond. That bond touchdown really changed the perspective, like changed the narrative for the game. Because I'm pretty sure that like that scared Tennessee a little bit. Yes, like, that's scary. Because I mean, once again, you're doing so good at shutting down the run. Like you're doing so good at trying to shut down this run game that you just let Isaiah Bond pass you up. I mean, there's you go back and look at the game and look at the highlights, there's three white jerseys behind him. Three white jerseys. Insane that he got behind three those three guys and was able to score. And Jalen Milrow put it right on him, too. So, I mean, it was a good game. It was a good game for both teams. A uh, good game for Alabama, for sure. Yeah. And the run game, Chase McClellan, Chase McClellan's yes. best years are in the NFL. We have agreed. Me and yes. you have talked about that. We've He's good. With it. He's Our good, running back, man. Oh, he's so dude. Every time I see him run, I just feel like it's it looks like an NFL running back playing against college kids. It's kind of like when Derrick Henry was there. But yeah, this, reminds, I mean, he got like a little bit of DeAndre Swift in him, man. I I can't really. Play. Ah, dude. Yeah, speaking of DeAndre, DeAndre Swift cooked. Yeah, I mean he looks, um, he's so good, man. I don't um, know. but this, the, um, yeah, I'll go ahead. Now, I mean, this is this is such a. This is what makes Alabama one of the most confusing teams in the country. I don't in the country. I don't know what to like, where to put them, in like, the stratosphere of college football when it comes to levels. It, this team will play on the highest level for two quarters, and then they'll play on you know the lowest of levels for a top twenty-five team in two quarters. So it's like, 
you got to get consistency. You can't. You're not yeah. going to beat. You're not going. It's going to be really hard to beat an LSU. It's going to be. Really, it's going to be really hard to beat LSU and Georgia. Georgia like, you're not beating Georgia playing two quarters. You know, you're, you you might get pulled off against LSU if you you know got a massive lead, but I, I, you got to you got to play four quarters against these really really good squads in Tennessee. I was shocked with how bad they played in the second half, but that was that's a testament to like you said the Alabama defense shows up and shows out in the second half, and. I was surprised that Tennessee just didn't even like they ran the ball. Like they ran the ball a good bit. They ran by committee and Jalen. I mean, uh, Joe Milton had a lot of runs, you know, as a quarterback, which shocked me. Did not expect to see that as much as we did. I don't because he just does not take me as like a run a rushing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's got wheels, but like that's that's not what he's been doing all season. Like that's no, not he's been, been tossing the rock. Yeah, and and I agree. I wouldn't mind seeing him pass the ball more. It was just a weird one. It was a weird one, but it was a classic Alabama game this year, man. It just well, I'd like to say that Dallas Turner. Cool. I would like to say Dallas Turner and our other edge rusher on Alabama has uh, these past four games have had eleven and a half tackles for loss, mm. have had eight sacks, mm. and have just dominated the line of scrimmage for us. The front seven, like the defense, is there. And with uh, Dallas Turner being one of the main leaders, and uh, Deontay Lawson being there as well. Um, Lawson has made a very big impact on this defense too. So being uh, having having two having guys like that on the defensive side of the ball really helps, especially when they're av- these past four games where they have just been getting back to the quarterback. And this is why we I, I didn't see that a lot at the uh, beginning of the season, but now they're starting to really bloom into what Alabama's defense is mostly about. Yeah, man. I mean, this this is not even remotely close uh, regarding the game that we're talking about, but. Uh, guess the top three scoring defenses in college football. They're right now, all, yeah, all the scoring defense like they allow the least amount of points. They're team every you're they're all teams you know like they're power five conference. Okay, Michigan. Yes. Okay, Penn State. Yes, and Alabama. Nope, nope. I'm surprised okay, Alabama's on there. Uh, let's see. Oregon? Nope. Oh, so Penn State, Michigan. What conference? Stay in the same conference. Staying in the same conference. Yep, that's the interesting part. Oh, God. Yep. Holy crap. Um, okay, let's think of the Big Ten then. Ohio State? Yes. Yep. Oh, wow. The three top dogs in that conference all have the best defenses. Oh, shocker. Yeah, Michigan's only allowing 5.88 points per game. <laughs> That's disgusting. That's just absolutely just disgusting. Penn State's averaging 9.71, and then Ohio State's L- disgusting. Allowing, and Ohio State's allowing 11, I mean 10. And the closest behind them is Still Air not Force. bad. Air Force quietly only allowing 13.43 points per game. So. Dude, Air Force is quietly a sneaky team right now. Not yes, making a playoff, but I mean, but, but. very sneaky when it comes to like a team in general that just surprises you in the season. Winning games, man. Winning games. That's all you can ask for. But yeah, that'll do us on our Alabama talk. We'll see what they can do. It felt like a classic win. They're going to win some games like this. They might beat LSU in this weird, the weirdest possible way. I wouldn't even be shocked. They just know how to keep on stacking dubs. Let's move on to a team that didn't get a dub after a loss. And CDM is extremely happy. The USC Trojans. Mm. 
You want to know my first note on this game? What? USC's trash. Tra- oh, that's a new one. Basically, Dog all I need to bombs. say: you let a farmer, you need a, you let a farmer, a pig farmer. You let a pig farmer beat oink, you, dog. Oink, 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 man. And now guess what? Now guess what? Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley are both 0-3 against Utah. <laughs> we'll never see, we will never see Caleb Williams play in a college football playoff game. We will never see him play in a possible, we'll probably never see him play in a Pac-12 championship game ever. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Riley has probably just got, uh, not it probably, has gotten owned. That's an incomplete pass has gotten owned by Utah these past two years. You're 0-3 against them. This offense does not look comfortable at all. This defense is still not good at all. USC is trash. USC is not good. And don't like I want everybody I, I want people to come at me and talk to me about this. They're not good at all. Not. And they play Oregon. No, no, no. Utah plays Oregon next week. Yeah. I think they play Oregon after that week. That when they sense. play Oregon it is just going to be 10 times worse in my opinion. This team is just this team has been so hyped these past few years and it has done nothing but get to their minds, get to their heads, and the Eagles have gotten big. The Eagles have gotten really big. You think what Caleb Williams came out saying like why listen to the sheep, uh why consider the opinion of sheep lions don't run. Mm. Man, Man, what are you talking about, man? You just got you just lost two back-to-back games. You're so like cool. I mean, you're not a lion, dude. You're a cub. You're a cub right now, bro. You're not the king. <laughs> like, no, you're like Simba after Mufasa died. You're weak. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Let's be realistic oh, right now. Jesus. All this generational talk, as Gabe said, got to I think it's gotten to the heads of USC and their players. And um I mean, I I've talked about this team all season. I've told people that this team is not going to be good. And I stand by my facts. I stand by the facts of saying this team is not going to be good. Lincoln Riley is going to let this team down for more years to come, in my opinion, especially after Caleb leaves. It's just not going to be pretty. And he's not, he's only an offensive mind. He's not going to be a defensive mind. And Utah just wanted it more. Utah knew what was coming in in this game. I wouldn't even, if I'm Utah, I'm not even seeing as a Pac-12 championship right now. I'm not going to look forward towards this game. This game right here is just me owning you again. Me slapping that ass again yeah. and just telling you, hey, remember who daddy is. Remember who I am because I will. you will never forget my name. And Cam Rising didn't even play. Cam Rising's out for the rest of the year. Yeah. So getting on that right there, do I think Utah is a Pac-12 championship contender? It's iffy. It's very iffy because they still have to compete with Oregon and Washington and they still pave their own path right now. Yeah. And it's very, it's, it's hard to say just because cam uh, when coming out saying cam Rising's done for the year, it's that's bad. It's very bad because you've lost your star quarterback for the year. He can get a red, sh- he can get it a uh, emergency red shirt <laughs> next year. So he's going to be coming in seventh, <laughs> eighth year. <laughs> Dude's going to come Hang back, beat on. USC again. Hang on. Let's see this. Guess his age. He's a. I think he's a senior or fourth year senior. All right. Guess how old he'll be going in next season. Oh, good guy. Like twenty eight. No, he's not that old. Not that old. That okay. 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 Twenty five. Twenty five. What's with all these? I'm so sick and tired of seeing twenty five year old quarterback go go to the league. Go away. Like this is kids. You're put. You're a grown man against kids. He's been playing ball in college since eight two thousand eighteen. Bro. Good God, man. He'll be a seventh year. 
Good oh lord. Oh my gosh. I mean, so but Utah, Utah being a contender for the Pac-12, they 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 paved their own path going in going towards that championship game. They really need Oregon to lose another game. They need to beat Oregon this weekend yes. to um solidify their chip, to solidify a um a, a place in the Pac-12 championship, possibly in the playoffs if they can go back to back with Pac-12 championships as well. I would love to see them win a third uh championship for their conference. Because at that point, Utah's elite. We have all seen it. Um Utah's good. Um, that's all I can say about this game is UC, uh, SC's trash. SC is just not the team that everybody was promised, and more disappointment is to come. Uh, I'm sad that we didn't get your 15-minute uh, rant for USC. No, time. I think, I, I think I, I, as Gabe said, I'm not giving them any more of my time because they're just not worth it. This team's just not worth it. Respect. But, I, love, I love that growth and maturity from CDM there. They're just not worth your time. But yeah, they're man, not. Hey. I mean, this it's just like the girl on your phone. Like she's not worth your time, dog. <laughs> just, it's fine. It's not worth it, man. Just, just go to bed. <laughs> just go to bed. <laughs> Turn your phone off. Go to bed. It's fine. Go to bed. It's, bro. it's not worth it at not, all. Not worth it. Now, I mean, Utah is interesting because I said at this beginning of this year. I mean, this defense is legit. They've been legit for the past couple of seasons. They've been the best defense in the conference for the past couple of seasons. You've got some contenders in there now when it comes to defensive, you know, skill set. There's some good defenses in the Pac-12 when it comes to, you know, in Oregon State, Utah, UCLA, um, Oregon, you know, Washington, if they want to play good defense. Um, so, I mean, it's an interesting thing. Uh, what do I think about this team? They're so in- – they're so – Hard to read because you watch that game and you say, I mean, they just, I mean, they outplayed USC. I mean, that's the that's the simple answer. I mean, they just outplayed them where it mattered. Quarterback outplayed Caleb Williams, wild Bryson Barnes, pretty much outplayed. You know, Caleb big farmer, oink 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 oink, and they ran <laughs> they, they ran the ball really well. I mean, this team is. I want to say I want to say they are a legit contender in the in the Pac-12. It's super hard to say that though, bro. It's it's, it's hard. Super hard to say that just because Oregon and Washington, Oregon's only got that one loss. Which, as I previously said, they have to win this game this weekend. Because yes. I think it is it in is it in Oregon or is it? Wait, it's, hold up, I got it right it's down. At here. It's it's at Utah, so they they have the advantage. They yes. definitely have the advantage. Yes, to win this game, they just have to. They have to play their game. They have to play their game of football. Yeah, in that little ass stadium. Remember what Florida said? They call, oh they man, call. didn't Florida go on to lose that game too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Pl- Don't talk before the game. <laughs> they had players posting that. <laughs> they posted it out. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. And then the Utah cl- the Utah player came back and said something about being a little ass team or something like that. A little ass stadium. I love it. No, nah, I mean, uh. hey. This team is it's fun to root for simply because the backup quarterback is in. Cam Rising's not playing. Who's just a dog? Like, no one's out here going to say Cam Rising is a Heisman candidate. But he, he just brings that element to your team, that dog mentality. Like, when you need a play, he's going to make it. And I don't know if Bryson Barnes is that guy, but we get to see that against Oregon. The biggest thing for me is that Utah needs help. Yeah, they can beat Oregon in Washington State. But if Oregon State wins out, they're going to the Pac-12 championship. So, because that's who they, they lost do need to. Oregon State. 
So it's in Oregon State. Oh. They'll still plays Washington in in Oregon. So I mean, they play Oregon at the end of the season too. So, so that's a big one. Oh, you! Have, I did not. I forgot about that. Yeah, they do yeah. need some. They they just need one team to lose. They just need one team to lose. That's yeah. all they need. And, and Oregon possible. State, Oregon State will lose a game. I'm yeah. Sorry, Oregon State will lose another game. I mean, that's because cool I do thing. not. That, they, I do not want to say DJ Uungalale in another conference championship, dude. Just what are you talking about? That. He's killing it. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the, oh. Very interesting game for the uh, Oregon State Beavers, though. Arizona this week, who's kind of cooking right now on offense. Oh, dear Lord. Or Arizona. I wish you would have put that as one of the game picks. I'm taking Arizona. Arizona they, this is Oregon State's schedule. Arizona, Colorado, Stanford, who got a big win. Washington and Oregon, so they got some tough games ahead of oh, them. Oh dear lord, that's a tough game. That's a that's a, that's a tough game stretch right there. I mean, yes. Colorado, where's it at in Colorado? Is it Colorado or at, or at Oregon State? Uh, it is. Let me find out for you. It is at at Colorado. At Colorado, so prime time, prime time, baby. Let's go. You never know what can happen in these games. But, yeah, when it goes back to Utah, I love this defense. I like their players. I like their coach. This guy knows how to win football games. We believed that US, I mean, Utah was better than USC, and they proved it once again that, you know, this USC team is just not who they think they are. It's not it, bro. It's you just said not it. it at all. A lot of ego, a lot of weird things going on over there. Lincoln Riley's got to really look himself in the mirror, and I think you got a clean house when it comes to uh, defensive coaching. Uh, Honestly, coaching in general. Work. You got coaching you gotta it, like coaching it staff in general. It's just trying to clean house, man. I think you got to really look at it all. Caleb Williams going to be outside the, out the building. Like he can say everything he wants. Say he's going to come back. It'd be the stupidest he's decision not. of all time. And it, it would be so idiotic. It would be so stupid with how much money is on the table for him. And I think once Caleb's gone, you got to really look at your program and say, all right, we don't have a transcendent talent, and this transcendent talent couldn't win us two big games. You know, like we didn't have enough talent to win the big games. So you got to really look at yourself in the mirror and look at what you got. Utah though, good. Everything in front if they beat Oregon and, you know, Washington, get a little bit of help, this team might be right back in the play Pac twelve championship. No. Do doubt. I believe it will happen? Well, we'll see. Hey, it's very, it's hey. very, it's a very, it's very big. As you said, they do need help. But about this Utah defense, this Utah defense has been good for all, like past couple of years. Yes. This defense has been dominant. Yes. In the Pac-12, I mean, one of the best defenses in the Pac-12 so far. So as long as they keep doing what they're doing, they definitely have a chance. But I think that wraps up everything about Utah USC. I think we both agree USC um, has got Maybe. to do some soul searching. Got to do some soul searching big time to uh, solidify who they want to be in the future, in the near future. But going on to another conference, the mm. ACC, mm. I didn't really get to watch this game. I did watch a couple of the highlights. We have the Florida State Seminoles, Seminoles. taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Duke Blue Devils were without Riley Leonard, so that was a big, big uh, – and they also – they had to play with the third string at the end of the day because um, – their second string got hurt. So that kind of, that, that beat them up a little bit, but Florida state, man, a little scary at first, a little scary at first. We kind of felt that, that though. We kind of thought but that, that happened. I mean, it's been happening these past couple of weeks. I mean, once again, it all started at Boston college and then, you know, going into overtime with Clemson, but Florida state dude is just so, so explosive. Just, mm so dominant when it comes to the offensive side of the ball and everything is start like all cylinders are starting to click. It's all starting to piece, piece themselves together. The defense is starting to wake up. The run game has gotten tremendously better for them. 
at the beginning of the season they were doing like three, three, three and a half, four yards a carry. And now they're at four and a half, five yards a carry now in the run game, which is very good for them. Opens up that pass game for Travis, uh, for Jordan Travis to get Keon Coleman and other wide receivers open as well. So I mean, if Florida State keeps doing what they're doing, obviously they are going to be in the ACC championship and in the playoffs. But they just have to keep the gas. They have to keep the keep their foot on the gas. What? Uh, oh my gosh, that was almost a catch. I know, right? Palma. Um, I like uh, I like this game. I mean, Duke is no slouch. Duke was no slouch at all. Duke will give you a tough time. Duke will give you a run for your money. They did it against Clemson. Did it against Notre Dame. Uh, have done it against a couple other teams as well. But Florida State handled their business in the fourth quarter with that big 21-point fourth quarter to solidify their win against the Duke Blue Devils. Not really much I can say on this game besides, you know, very good win. Keep doing what they're doing, and I promise you Florida State is going to be a force to be reckoned with come championship weekend and playoff predictions as well. Yeah, man. I mean, first thing I say, the Duke Blue Devils are a legit football team with a legit defense. Like, I was actually... I had that stat still pulled up. Duke is number five in the country at scoring defense. So it just shows. I mean, this team, even, you know, after what happened this weekend, they're still a top five defense when it comes to scoring. So, I mean, Duke is legit. I love their coach. Riley Leonard is a dog. I hate to see him go down like that. He is day-to-day, so looks like he could be back for this coming up week. But, you know, th- this is a testament to Florida State. They're going to have these tough games, man, and no one thought that Duke was a slouch. If you did, I mean, what, what, what were you thinking? Duke is good at defense with a really athletic quarterback, and yeah, got you got players on that offense. So, for me, you got to – you got to take this win as an absolute win. You know, you can't just, you can't look at these games and, oh, it was close at this point. Like, what's going on? They're not going to beat the big team. It's like, this is a conference game. This is a conference game. This team knows you. This is like, even the perfect example, when LSU was horrible that year, just terrible, and they give Alabama a run for their money, Coach O's last year. It's, it's a rivalry game. It's a game that you play for. It's bigger than just, you know, it's bigger. Was that, was that COVID year, Coach O's last year? Yes, right? Or what do you mean you gave us a run for our money? We dominated that game. Not that one. The game that the, the game that uh, that uh, was like 10-7. 10-7 Alabama beat, a, beat LSU. 20, that was 26. 2018, 2018, that had to be it. That had to be 2018, right? No, I thought it was, it was 2019. It had to, no, 2019, we won the, ah, man, what, what 20 to 14, 2021. 2021, okay, yeah, that was a good game. That was a good game. Yeah, that was, yeah, y'all beat the snot out of 2020. (laughs) Yeah, that was the, that was the chip year. That was the, that was the best team. Yeah. And then, um, that's right. 2021, y'all were, yeah, y'all eight and one going to that game. Or y'all got out of that game eight and one. We were four and five. Yeah, that game we we were terrible all season, and we gave y'all hell. And it was because we couldn't score a touchdown. But it's like that that game right there is like a perfect example why a win's a win, man. In these kinds of conference matchups, especially this one, like Duke's good. So to get to the point, is FSU still a legit contender? You'll find out later that I still believe they are very legit. There are some points in this. There are some points on this team where they look vulnerable. There are some points on this team where they look vulnerable, especially Failed. on the de- especially on the defensive side of the ball. Failed tush push. 
failed tush push. They 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 didn't get it. They didn't get it. Was that fourth down? Third down. Oh my god, dude, scared me. God, he got that looks like it. Oh my god, he got bent backwards. That looks terrible. This is like this is why Philly like you can't get rid of it. Philly's just the only team that's perfect at it. So yeah, exactly. But Florida State does look vulnerable at some points throughout the season, but they are, as I said, slowly but surely putting all the pieces together to be one of the most dominant teams in college football. Um, that's all I can say about that. Um, a game that caught my eye. The game that caught my eye. Okay. I'm going to start this segment off real fast. Virginia going in to North Carolina and beating the Tar Heels. Oh, my gosh. How are you going to lose to a one in five? One and five, Virginia. Like, I mean, you were a top 10 team, bro. Virginia's cheeks. Virginia's straight bums. And they came in there and I wouldn't say dominated, but they gave you a hell of a run to come out with it on top. And North Carolina, this happens to North Carolina almost every year, dude. It is just... It's just disappointment. It's just like you lose to these crappy teams when you don't even need to lose to these crappy teams at all, like lose to these crappy teams at all. And for you, it kind of shows me that they are not ready to compete with Florida state or any of these other big dogs. Like, I don't even think they're ready to compete with Alabama. And uh, I mean, there's been skepticism around Alabama being where they are right now, but I mean, North Carolina, it doesn't even look like they're ready to compete because, I mean, they've had close games all year. They've had close games against App State. This game right here proves another one. I mean, I just don't think that they are a legit contender. I don't. I, I think they weren't legit contenders at all this year. Um, that's one game that caught my eye. Respect to Virginia. Hey, respect to Virginia. Yes. Give, you, give you a round of applause right there going into a top 10 opponent's house. Oh, my God, that's a pick. That's game. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Dude, I think wow. that is that. Ooh. Throw it to TJ Hawkinson for a touchdown. Oh my gosh. It's if 530 they, if, left. If, if they throw a touchdown to TJ, I might actually win this game, bro. Oh my gosh. I hope you'd I hope you get it. I hope you get it. But <laughs> you know, uh North Carolina right now is just not where they need to be. I think I mean Drake may they still have a chance. They still have a chance to go for an ACC championship and win and make a push, but they need a lot to happen. They need a lot to happen in the top five, top uh, top four teams to lose to uh, get to where they need to be and to beat Florida State. But that's the game that caught my eye. I don't think a lot of people talked about that a lot on Saturday or Sunday that North Carolina lost to a one in five Virginia team. So respect to Virginia getting the job done. Um, North Carolina got to wake it up. Mac Brown, dude, it's time to, you know, it's either it's going to, this is either going to be the year or it's going to be the year that you retire again. So um, got to figure that out, but that's the game that caught my eye. Hey man, I like it. That's the obvious one for sure. Because what the hell? Come on. Like every year. Like, come on now. Every Let's year, be, man. Like, Every year it happens, and I feel bad for. I mean, at least I. Well, I can't even say that North Carolina fans can't even look towards basketball. They suck at basketball now. I mean, they had football, but now they suck at basketball. So, what do you really have to look forward to at North Carolina? What do you really have for? Like nothing. Baseball season, you suck at baseball. Where are they ranked like, in basketball? I thought they were ranked pretty high in basketball. Uh, they're ranked pretty high, but I mean, at the end of the season, Nate, are they going to be ranked high? Oh, you might be right, actually. Hang on. I mean. North Carolina has nothing to look forward to as fan base. It's kind of sad because when was the last time North Carolina went and played for a natty? 
Yeah, I was, I was wrong, bro. That, this a team, couple years ago, actually. Never mind. Yeah, this team's ranked 19 uh, in basketball, so very similar in basketball and football. Yeah, for me, man, it, it, there was some really interesting close games that caught my eye. So I'm going to go through a couple of them. First of all, the game that I am picking is the Oklahoma-UCF game. What a narrative. Oh, yeah, dude. What a great game what, it was. John what, Rice Plumbing. Dude, he's hey, a great home, player. Hey, 601 made, baby. 601, 601 made. made, baby. Come on. He was a baller. Love to see him, you know, kind of do his thing after the injury he suffered this year. And, you know, it had a lot of narratives in that game. You know, Dylan Gabriel wants to beat his former team. UCF wants to beat the guy that transferred away from their school. I get it. I get both sides. So it was awesome to see it be an amazing game. I was a fan of that. Uh, another one. Ole Miss Auburn. We thought it'd be a good one, and it was, man. I mean, I Auburn, thought Ole Miss was going to blow them out. Hey, I thought it'd be a decent game, and Auburn showed up. They showed up and tried to, you know, tried their hardest. I like to see that Hugh Freeze. That was a that was a one he wanted, man. You know, he wanted that win so damn, so damn bad. Oh yeah, I mean, being the uh, alumni coach from that program, uh, putting them where they ultimately ultimately were at. I mean, you know, beating Alabama twice. I mean, once again, um. I respect him as a coach. I don't like the team that he's with, though. You know, there's a lot of things I could say about Auburn, but I'm not, <laughs> um, not, not on the podcast. But I mean, it was a good game for sure. I thought Ole Miss would have won. I thought, thought Ole Miss may have walked away with it, honestly. But Auburn, oh, as you Fred said, Auburn Warner. showed up for sure. Fred Warner down. That sucks. Oh, that's terrifying. Here, hold up. I got to charge my pause real fast. I got to charge my computer. You don't have to pause it yet. We're pausing. Everback Stadium has changed his setting because he's got his charger Sorry. now. Let's go. Hey, we're good. But no, like I was saying with my teams or my games, I had the Ole Miss Auburn one. And uh, yeah, fun little game. Uh, interesting. Another interesting game. Texas Houston was a good game even before Quinn goes out. Just kind of wanted to highlight Houston with a lot of fight. And then obviously the best hey, game. Houston. Houston's a Houston kind of Houston kind of gave them a run for their money, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, man, they definitely did, and I like to see that fight. But really, the biggest game of the weekend. I mean, let's <laughs> let's let's calm down here. There was obviously one big game that caught everyone's eye that we haven't talked about. I mean, it was the biggest game. Tuesday night football, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles game. No, don't even. Get that garbage out of here. That team is not even worthy about being. No, okay, here comes a rant. Here comes it. Here comes Southern Miss is not worthy of being on television. Southern Miss is not worthy of being a football program. The only thing that school is good for is barely getting an edge. Uh, no, I'm not going to say. Barely getting <laughs> I can't even say it. No, I can't. No, I can't. They have a good education. No. The only thing that school is good for is baseball. They are a baseball sure. school. Let's get that down pat right now. I don't care. So the Miss fans, you can come at me. You can come at my Twitter. My Instagram is CDM dot underscore oh eight. Come at me if you want to. Southern Miss is garbage. Southern Miss is awful. Will Hall should be fired. He literally came out and said, Hey, let me I'm gonna step down from calling the plays. Man, what do you think you stepping down is gonna do? We are y'all are one and five, and you think you stepping down is gonna help? No, yeah. what's gonna help is you get that Chuck E. Cheese application and go fill it out because you're done. You are done. Oh, that team's hey, awful. I wonder if Tulane would rehire. <laughs> Tulane would be smoking. Tulane would be on crack if they decided to hire him back. Look where they're at right now compared to Southern Miss. Southern Miss is garbage. Yeah, it seems like they got so much better without him there. But no, I mean, hey. 
You said it. I love the performance. ESPN two, you get beat fifty five to three. You shouldn't even be on TV. Like you're not worthy of being on television, bro. You're an embarrassment to college football. Man, I'm a Southern Miss grad, and I love you know rooting for my Golden Eagles. But that was the most pitiful. Don't lie. That was the most pitiful performance I've ever witnessed. <laughs> Dude, bro. That was sad. Like. Honest to God, like, I, I, do you just pick people out of the stands and give them scholarships? Bro, I was watching. Like, I was watching it. Like, this is un. Like, this is rock bottom, bro. I've we never... had him on. We had it on at work, bro. And I was just. I had Southern Miss fans at the bar, and I was just like, "Hey guys, y'all see that team right there? It's the definition of trash. It's the definition of." Terrible, terrible, terrible football program. Bruh. All right, once again, only thing Southern Miss is good for is baseball. It's yes. about the only thing they're good for. Yes. Southern Miss has allowed 66 points, 21 points, 44 points, 50 points, 17 oh. points, and 50. I thought you were going to say 60. I thought you were going to say 66 points this season. <laughs> I was about to be like, good God, is this even a D1 school? Like, <laughs> is this school even worthy of having a D1, like D1 written, written by their name? No question honestly i mean how many points are i wonder how many points start it doesn't say i've legit had southern miss football players agree with me that their team is just complete trash like their team is terrible well at least hey recognition that's a big part of everything you know recognizing how bad you are all right let's see they are <laughs> uh recognize dude i think it's a little too late too late i think everybody else recognized that oh my gosh let's see i'm trying to find offense they don't have points uh I don't have it on here. Well, they don't have that on here. I was going to see how many points they allow this season. It's a lot. Too damn many. It's a lot. So, just wanted to highlight my Golden Eagles hitting uh, rock bottom. Uh, I wouldn't even claim that team, Nathan. To the top. Let's go. Uh, ride or die. Right now. Rides, ride, or, ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get off of this. Let's get it's slandered again by some oh my fans. gosh i'm gonna have to go on twitter again and defend me and you yeah once again hey it's all right we've done this before but all right hey that's that's it for our recap we're gonna send this one over to our boy gabe we got a little segment here that we recorded pre pre-pod uh that's gonna be doing our playoff and heisman watch as well as our playoff prediction we'll be right back with some game picks after that segment is done we got a special Special guest once again for a little segment this time. Not the whole pod. Just a little segment here to give his insight on the playoff. And Heisman watch himself as well as a playoff prediction. Let's introduce him. He is the goat of all goats. Gabe, how we doing, brother? We're doing great, man. How we doing, Nate Dog? Hey, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. How we doing tonight, sir? CDM, how we doing, sir? We're doing good, sir. We're ready to talk some ball with you. Yes, been trying man. to get you on this podcast for a I've while. Finally, it's happening. For so long. I've been waiting for so long to come on and talk to you guys a little bit about some football, a little bit about you know who's really going to do it and go the go the distance as far as the best players in the college football realm. I, I love it. Let's go hey, at it. I love this energy you're bringing, Gabe. I'm feeling. I'm feeling confidence. a good pod tonight, boys. He's, feeling a good pod. He's got some confidence, Listen. man. He's got some confidence. Gabe knows I, his stuff, dude. Gabe knows his stuff. 
Listen, I've watched a lot of winning football and I've watched a lot of losing football <laughs> for a long time. And uh, I've, I've got some notes. I've got some notes. And I think some people need to pay attention because uh, some people are going to squander their chances just oh. like USC did. Oh. You know, I mean. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, yes, got, sir. So we got another Listen, USC they, hater out here. I like this. I, oh, it's, love it. You know, it's it's nothing to do with, you know, USC, Lane Kiffin, Tennessee. Nothing to do with that at all. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with constantly, constantly talking about <laughs> generational talents coming out of a school playing against high schoolers uh man i just you know you know uh, I, now what what was matt Leinart's uh nfl <laughs> what what are his stats in the nfl i can't remember how well did he do after uh, uh, i think after? he was a backup by after like week three that's what i thought okay just making sure <laughs> oh, to, hey bring in the, the notes on that I, I'm so glad Gabe was not here for Bringing this USC rant for CDM because that might have been a 30-minute rant instead of an 11-minute rant. No, I would have cut it shorter. Listen, I wouldn't <laughs> give them any more of my energy. Carson, uh, you know, you're right. CDM. You're right. I think you know, I finally you, learned my – th- You could have planted a tree with all that hate, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, I like that. That is true. He He's full of it, man. And he, he also – I mean, he hates USC. A lot of people hate USC. I mean – It's easy to hate them. It's, um, it's – you don't want to. You don't want to hate them, but you do. Yeah, you it's do. just. It's just what happens. Yeah, and they're definitely not going to be in this top six that we're about to get into. I, we might not. No. We're not. We it, might not. Maybe see not top twenty-five. Really. I was, I was I about mean, to say nah. top one hundred. Uh, I guess you got to nah. give them that. Definitely. Not, uh, I don't know about top twenty-five. Want to see? They put them at twenty-four. I don't, I don't know if I. Put them at twenty-four, dude. They should be out of there. Forty ounce bounce out the window. They're, they're not good. And you, hey, that's no disrespect to Utah. We're going to give them – No, you, Utah is a great – we're going to get into that. We're yeah. going to get into that. We're Sorry. Gonna, yeah. no. Nate, lead the way. Hey, lead the way. Let's get into this, guys. Top six teams, you know, after another massive week of college football. Hey, we're getting right through this thing, and it feels like it's just almost over. We're getting to some of the biggest rivalry games of the season. I mean, LSU-Alabama is next week. You know, we gotta, I know, that's so scary. Got to buy, but then we get into that. So we got some massive games that could shift everything real soon. Well, let's get into this, guys. Top six teams with a massive one out there in Columbus, Ohio. That might elevate one of these teams in this top six. CDM, how about you start us off here with your top six teams? So I'm going to start from six to one. Okay, from at number six, going to take the Oklahoma Sooners at six. Um, coming off a very, me and Gabe were talking about it before the pod started, coming off a very, very scary game against UCF. Mm. Um, you know, coming off a bye week. Uh, after just beating Texas, um, looked a little rusty, came back down to earth after riding that high horse for so long. Um, so I'm going to put them at six. I still think they can, I still think they are going to go up and up and up in the season, but right now we're going to put them at six at five. Got Washington, got the Washington Huskies had a very struggle bus type of game, just kind of like Oklahoma did, except that one almost cost them, like almost cost them a chance at looking into the college football playoffs. I mean, 15 to seven. Scary, scary times. I mean, offense didn't look good, but defense getting that pick six really helped them out. Um, at four, I'm going to put Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I did not like this game at all. I think, but I think this game was pretty mid, honestly. Um, neither team on the offensive side of the ball looked very explosive, especially Penn State. I'll talk about that when we get to that segment. Yeah. Ohio State at four. At three, got the Florida State Seminoles, baby. Seminoles at number three were climbed up in the rankings, coming off a very impressive win against Duke. 
Um, 21 point fourth quarter, very impressive, still an explosive team. Most one of the most explosive teams in the country. Um, at number two, taking the dogs, taking Georgia Bulldogs at two. They got another big test coming up this week in neutral territory against Florida. So we'll see what happens there. First game without Brock Bowers. So that's going to be a big test. And then at number one, I'm taking the Michigan Wolverines. I think they have been most dominant team in college football right now, only letting up 10 points or less in these games that they're playing. And I know a lot of people are going to attack me because they haven't played anybody, but I mean, when they play somebody and they dominate, it's kind of hard not to put them up there. I mean, George has been doing it all year, playing nobodies and kind of dominating, kind of having some iffy moments, but Michigan at number one. So Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, Ohio State, Washington, and Oklahoma are my top six teams. All right. Hey, Gabe, do you agree? You got some shifts in yours? What are we looking at? You know, I do have I have a couple of different opinions actually, Carson. I do respect you. You know, I think you I think you're onto something with a lot of this. But uh mm-hmm. let's clear it up a little bit. Okay. okay. After struggling against a one one win team, I don't know how many losses they've compiled, but Arizona State, Washington barely snuck in a win. Mm-hmm. And I think that does drop them down. And I think it should oh, drop yeah. them down to number six. So I've got them at my okay. sixth slot. Listen, they're mm-hmm. undefeated. Washington, Michael Penix Jr., you're doing a great job. The offense is high powered, but you can't struggle against a one and whatever team and not not pay something for it okay let's just be realistic about that yeah uh oklahoma now ucf is a three and three team and they did almost lose that bag let's not pretend hey. but dylan gabriel he is a hoss and he, he gave him the business and he said i'm not gonna let my former school come back mm-hmm. and get this win on us now listen it's a weird thought though josh heupel is a built both houses, you know, national champion at Oklahoma, as well as built the UCF program. It was basically, you know, a, as CDM would say, a dog water team. Yes. Uh, but look, I think they gave him the business. I think Oklahoma had to remember who they were, come in and close out. But I think Oklahoma, you're my number five pick uh, for the top six. Next up, we have Michigan. Now listen. Oh, okay. 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 Michigan at number four. Let's let's talk. Let's talk. Let's okay. talk about it. Michigan is putting up great numbers, but you know Michigan beat Michigan State the way Tennessee beat Virginia earlier in the year, fifty-five to nothing, fifty-five to ten, whatever whatever it is. You know, beating against smaller teams that can't compete physically isn't as dominant. I mean, Michigan State is probably one of the best teams they've played so far this year. I know you guys <laughs> talked about it last yeah. week. Fair. Uh, Michigan, <laughs> they play a lot of just smaller schools that don't quite have the programs built up that a lot of these sec powerhouses and even pac 12 powerhouses uh have been able to compete with over the year Mm. uh so i will have michigan at four i think they have something to prove to uh get to the top spot and i think they have to play some real uh some real talent out there to uh, show us that they're the top spot that's uh, michigan number four number three florida state Uh florida state is not one of my best friends growing up diehard Florida State fan. I did not ever want to hear the word Seminoles ever again, but let me tell you what, they are making me a fan. That is one of the most fun football programs to watch. Uh, Their quarterback, Jordan Travis, uh, man, that guy drops dimes like a coin machine. Okay, I don't know how he makes it look so effortless, but that guy... That guy's the guy to watch. And don't get me wrong, you know, I I love Tennessee. I love LSU. It was hard to watch him dismantle LSU opening weekend in football. Uh, but that guy, he's got it. That Florida State program is solid this year. Number three, Florida State. Number two, 
Ohio State. And Ooh. listen, I'm not one I'm not one to give Ohio State all of the glory. I'm always saying, you know, if they were in a bigger conference, if they played difficult teams all year long, then uh, I would have a bit more respect for them. But when you struggle and you almost lose the bag against a couple of these small schools, was it Maryland, I think, a couple of weeks ago that uh Mar- that they all Maryland trouble against uh, i think you know when ohio state and uh, michigan play and whenever they play the bigger schools it really indicates to me how powerful that team is some years i think they could compete and dominate all sec teams some years i don't think i think they'd be about mid uh so that's where i am with ohio state but this year ohio state they're staying dominant both sides of the ball they're doing well i say number two ohio state top dog georgia listen even without brock bowers Mm. that guy he is, he, don't get me wrong, he's the queen on your chessboard. He's the guy you know you can go to. He's a big target. He's going to hit you harder than most of your cornerbacks can hit. So y- he is a threat to have. So to have not Brock Bowers for the next few weeks is going to be difficult. And Kirby Smart's going to have to play smart. He's going to have to use some really smart coaching. And he is. I mean, look, that guy, he is a He's a professional, and every every time he goes to a team, you see success. And so whether you like him or whether you don't, uh, Georgia, number one. And I think even though we thought they were struggling against mid-teams, we're seeing now Missouri, not a mid-team. You know, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of teams out there that are a lot more dominant. And, you know, sometimes their win-loss in the SEC doesn't really indicate how good they are. So uh, I've got Georgia number one until I can be proven otherwise. Heard that, brother. Hey. Good top six. Good hey. top six. I like it. I like that. He came in with some heat, man. I like that. He no, really did, dude. No like I'm telling cold. you, he came in with some fire. I like that. Well, listen, I've been hearing you guys spew it for a little while. I just wanted to teach you guys, you know, what it's really oh. about. You know, you got to get oh. down to the essence of football, that foundation. You oh. know what I'm saying? Yeah. A savant. I got you. A savant at heart. Well, let me give you some teachings real quick, Gabe. Pretty close, man. <laughs> Pretty close. Not far off. I really respect where you're coming from with a lot of these teams. And I hear where you're coming from with Michigan. That makes a lot of sense. Strength of schedule over a lot of things, man. And the thing about Michigan, and I'm going to get into my thing about Michigan, it's every year with this team. They dominate. They dominate. They dominate. They win the big game. Everyone thinks they're the best. And then they poop poop the bed when when it matters most. And are they going to do that again? We'll see. Talent-wise, it's hard not to say they're not the best. But... Got to prove that on the biggest scale. Let's get to this top six, though. Number six for me, the Oklahoma Sooners. They struggled but got the dub. Like Gabe said, you got to respect what they did in that game. Dylan Gabriel shows that he really wanted that one. And first of all, we got to give UCF their respect. John Rice Plumley has not been playing all season, injured for three games. They've got three losses. This team is pretty good with UCF. Like, they've got a pretty explosive offense. There's some holes on this team, but they were coming in there. They wanted to prove a point just like Dylan Gabriel wanted to. So I got to, I got to give my respects to UCF. Gus Malzahn is the master of upsetting these times, these kinds of teams. He tried to do it. Couldn't pull it off. Oklahoma is still at number six though. They still got everything in front of them. I think they'll bounce back this week with a tough matchup uh, in conference uh, with the Kansas Hawkeyes. Um, Hawkeyes. No, the Jayhawks. Jeez, yeah, the Jayhawks right there. I was, I was off on. I, they didn't sound right. Didn't sound right. Um, but let's move on to number five for for me here. This was tough. This is tough for me because I really respect this team. But a fifteen to seven win has got to give you some. Got to got to bump you down a little bit. I agree with you, Gabe. You got to suffer if you're going to play like that. Washington Huskies at number five for me. I love this team. I'm, I'm gonna. Ride or die this team all season. I still believe they can win a championship if 
they figure out some of these kinks that were shown this week. In conference, things happen. These teams know you the best. Am I shocked it's this team that did this to them? Yeah, yeah, it's a little shocking. That's not a good thing to to, to happen, you know, with some of your biggest games, you know, rain. I was shocked. Season. I was. Shocked. I was shocked. I mean, I, I was bamboozled, dude. Like, how did you come out with such like that? Such a good win against Oregon, yeah. and then only like not like be shut down on offense. Offense did not look good the entire game. Yeah, Oregon yeah. was the test. Yes, right. Or, I mean, I agree with that for sure. And then, right, as you, I mean, as you said, like struggling against one in five teams, that's exactly what happened to Caleb Williams in USC. They struggled against Arizona State as well. They struggled against um, who else they struggle against? Uh, Arizona, three and three, probably one of the best three lost teams that we've seen this year in college football. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it happens like that. I mean, sometimes you're riding such a high horse that you have to have some of these teams like this bring you back down to earth. And I think that's what kind of happened to Washington. I mean, I think they got a little too um, looking too far into the future right now Mm -hmm. and wondering what's about to happen rather than staying uh, focused on play by play, game by game. Because, I mean, once again, these divisional games matter from everything. I mean, no matter what the team is, you got to be able to push past these games and win and win these games in impressive fashion. But, you know, some adversity in the way never helped. Some adversity in the way helped out a lot. So, I mean, getting the job done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, adversity is going to te- – these things you're teaching are learning lessons for a team that can, you know, still make the college football playoff. They'll put this one in the back uh, back burner and, you know, take some things from it, but it's one of those wins you kind of might not even – he's like, hey, we just, we're off. You know, there was – Michael Penix didn't have his best game, two interceptions. They couldn't run the ball to save their lives. They had 13 rushes for 13 yards. First of all, only 13 rushes. That is weird. You didn't even try to run the ball, it felt like. Their their leading rusher had 13 yards with one carry. So, if that doesn't... Well, the main seem- <laughs> problem was they did 13. That's yeah. the unlucky number. You should have done 14. You should have gone one more yeah. rush. It yeah. would have gone for 97, 98 yards, hey, touchdown. You, know, right. you know, yeah, they really even, missed the boat on that. Yeah, we're going for even numbers, not odds. Yeah, smart, right. smart man here. Smart man here. Come on. But, yeah, it's weird. That was a weird game. You got to knock them a little bit. I still think everything's in front of this team. Love their talent. Love Michael Penix. He'll bounce back. But I got them at number five. Let's go to number four. Big time win for this team. I've got some respect, but the eye test is still against. It's just something with this eye test with this team. The Ohio State Buckeyes at number four for me. Mm. Watching this team, they just win. They just win. And you got to respect that. But there is something about watching. First of all, Penn State defense, legit. Very legit. Notre Dame, another good defense. There's something about this team where it doesn't feel like they're going to show up in the big moments for me. And should I penalize them right now? No, I shouldn't. But I do think these teams in front of them either have more talent or they've shown it on a different scale. And I, I, I'm still, I need to see it against Michigan with this team. I need to see Ohio State. Not even curb stomp Michigan. I need them to just beat them. You know, downright beat them. Not a game-winning field goal. I need them to win this game. And, yeah, you could say that that Notre Dame game, they shouldn't have won. Hey, they got the job done. This game, if Penn State had any any ounce of offense, Penn State could have won that game. But that offensive, that offense was trash. Very that bad. offense was terrible. Very bad. After and I mean, Penn State was one of the tests for Ohio State. I mean, coming into this, they were kind of being downplayed as the underdog. They didn't come in as an underdog, but they were getting downplayed. And so Michigan, this Michigan versus Ohio State at the end of the season is going to be the biggest test for both of these teams. Oh yeah, I mean, sure. this is that's the that's the game of all games, and 
when you got so much parity this year, that's the stakes are at its highest for that game because if you don't win that, you're not going to the conference championship. You're probably not making the playoffs unless some things happen at the top. You never know with the craziness of college football. But yeah, Ohio State, they have the best resume technically, but something about this eye test is just, yeah, I, something puts me off with this team. I don't know yet. I want to see them keep doing what they're doing. If they start winning big games, not struggling with America, Maryland's not bad, but you, you can't. If you're winning a championship, you got to start. You got to start beating these teams down. For me, it's the eye test with Ohio State. I actually had it pulled up right here because now they get Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota before Michigan. Walk through these teams. If you walk through these teams, go into that Ohio State game cooking. You never know what can happen. I like Ohio State. I had them early in this season, preseason. I was really high on this team. Kind of taking a step back. I'm starting to climb back onto this bandwagon and believing that this team can actually win a championship. Going to number three, we got the Florida State Seminoles. Mm-hmm. This team, that's right, is so talented, so fun to watch. Like you said, Gabe, there's not much else you can say about them. They keep winning as well. It's not been perfect all year, but hey, a win's a win, and they had a great win this weekend. Uh, so you know, I, I mean, hey. What else can you say about this team? Jordan Travis is that guy. So much talent on the defensive line. So much talent uh, in, in the receiver room, the running back room. The offensive line, is, is it's, it's veterans. I mean, this team is just great. And when you look at their conference, ACC, it's dead almost. Florida State's we- carrying this team at the top with North Carolina's loss. You win out, you're in the playoff. I, ACC's not great, but if you win out, you're making the playoffs. So... I like what I'm seeing from Florida State. I don't think anyone's going to beat them for the remainder of this season. Florida State at number three. Number two, give me the Georgia Bulldogs. I like them. Love them. They're the defending champs. But they struggled a little bit. They've had some moments this season. And it's SEC, so you can't look too much into these games. But there's some games in this schedule for the remainder of the year. Got my eye on them, man. You know, there, there's some interesting football games for this team looking ahead. And not going to, you know, put anything in the universe right now, but there's some potential losses with me watching this team without Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, without them on him on this team, that's you're pointing him out. <laughs> hey, after this weekend, it's possible, man. I truly believe it's possible. <laughs> Which is crazy because last year they should have beat him. They get waxed. And this year feels like they have a better chance. And Oh, that was perfect. I'll talk about Tennessee later, but there's something about that team when it comes to matchup. I feel like it has a matchup that can beat Georgia. But when it comes to Georgia, they're a defending champs. you got to give them their respect. Should they probably still be number one? They haven't done anything to lose it. Yes, but I like to, I like to look at this talent and production, even though this next team has played nobody, like we've said. Number one, Michigan Wolverines. They are absolutely curb stopping everybody as they should, as they should, as they should. But when they're doing what they're doing to these teams, I mean, it's, it's insane to watch. Like you got these coaches are coming out and saying, this is the best team that he's ever seen in his coaching career. And he's been coaching for 15 years. And it's like, you got, there's something, there's value to that. Like me, this guy that sits in front of a camera and acts like he knows this sport compared to a coach that coaches it. You know, I got to listen to that guy. I got, I, I, I listen to this guy. I got to, he, he says something. I'm going to take it in. Michigan is so incredibly talented. That's a, just a common theme on this podcast. It feels like when we talk about these guys, there's so much 
they can do, and the experience is now on their side. Two years of failing, once you get to the playoffs, it feels like maybe this might be the year they understand what it takes to get over that hump, Michigan, until they haven't remotely closed, until they allow 10 points you know, on defense, then we can start talking about Georgia back at number one for me. They are absolutely curb-stopping everybody. Michigan at the top. Until otherwise, that is my top six. Michigan one, Georgia two, Washington. Oh, no. Michigan one, Georgia two, Florida State three, Ohio State four, Washington five, Oklahoma six. All right, boys. Hey, got a little bit of a shift around, you know, we're not. These are there's some movement. There's yeah. some movement. Yeah, these these are these are fluid. They're, they're, there's movement every week. You never know what can happen. College football is so beautiful because of that. But there's another list that has been having a lot of movement around college football as well. Early in the season, it felt like everyone could win this award. Now you get closer to the end. There's kind of these guys are getting some separation at the top. There's some guys that should deserve some recognition, but the teams are not as great as others. This award, you got to win to win this award. There's some guys at the top that keep on winning. And there's some guys at the bottom that keep on winning but have some bad losses. Let's get into our College Kings Heisman watch. Gabe, you want to start us off here? I do, and I do want to say uh, I wish I had been able to watch more football this year because I usually like to go for a defensive player for Heisman. That's a fact. Ooh, I, like I think that uh, I like that. Know, the fact that uh, Charles Woodson did beat out Peyton Manning for the Heisman, uh, and I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan, you know, I, I feel like it's an honor to lose the first Heisman to a defensive player. You know what I'm saying? Because if it was two, it'd be Peyton and Charles Woodson. And I think maybe they should consider that because, you know, defensive players all too often get bypassed on, you know, the most important player. When, you know, you think about some linebackers, you think about some safeties, you think about some offensive and defensive linemen, and people are very, you know, they just bypass, you know, all the hard work and sometimes that they do. So, you know, I, I love the glory for the quarterbacks and running backs. I love it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, let's, let's give a little love to the other guys. But uh, that being said, I've had to keep my own Heisman watch and see who I think is going to win. And so, you know, if I go elect a bunch of defensive players, uh, we're, we're probably not going to get very far in the actual Heisman watch. So top five Heisman watch. Let's go. Number five. Well, let's just say in no particular order. Eh, let's do top five. Okay. Let's do top five. Okay. Okay. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. Okay, like we said, uh, he's a phenomenal quarterback. I think he's one of the best in the country. Uh, but again, against weaker teams, smaller defenses, it's hard to really for me to assess how well he might do in the profession. Uh, you know, all the way through. So Heisman number five, Michael Penix Jr. Okay. Uh, number four. Jordan Travis. Yeah, there it is. Jordan, Jordan Travis, dude, drops dimes like a money bag. I, I love watching him. He's so good. I, again, ACC, smaller conference, like we said. You know, they hadn't had to play really tough opponents except for, you know, LSU and others, some big some big names out there. Uh, but Jordan Travis, I think he's on one on the watch. We've got to keep an eye on that guy. He might sneak out and get, the, and get it. Uh, Dylan Gabriel. The dude's a hustler. I don't know mm-hmm. how to make it. You just watch him on the football field, and you say he just hikes the ball, and just everyone, everyone's eyes are on him. I mean, you're supposed to be watching wide receivers. You're supposed to be watching this, but everyone's eyes are on him, and you don't know what's going to happen next. Dylan Gabriel is electrifying to watch. Um, you know, I I think he very well could come down uh, with the award if he continues his play like he does, and if their defense can get it together. Because, you know, he, the dude's putting up, what, 30, 35 points, driving downfield all game long. I mean, he's, he's not giving up anything. Uh, yeah. So Dylan Gabriel, number three on the top five. 
Number two, taking a page out of y'all's book from last week, Jaden Daniels. Mm. This yeah. guy at LSU, I think he had a rough start few first few weeks. I think he did not get the, the momentum off the first couple of games that we, we were really looking for for LSU. Mm. But I think that guy is an absolute stud. I think he's really going to go the distance. I think he's going to do well in the NFL once he gets his chance. I pray he does get his chance. But uh, I think that guy really is going to go far, and I think he's got a good chance to get it. Uh, number one, Shador Sanders. <laughs> this, uh, all right. He, kno- he knows he knows the game. He knows the he knows the language. His dad is one of the best coaches. I know it's his first year in Colorado. I didn't expect a miracle, but look, I mean, he came out swinging at, at a TCU program that is nothing to shake a stick at. And I think, and they put themselves in just about every one of those games. Uh, not Oregon, uh, but oh, <laughs> listen, not Stanford, I'm, I'm, not, and not Stanford. Sorry about that. Oof, oof. Don't talk about it. But Shador Sanders, I think that guy, he's going to go the distance. I think he's going to be our Heisman winner. Uh, I think that's just too that's just too storied to have to be the son of one of the most dynamic both sides of the ball players of all time, maybe the most dynamic player of all time in the NFL. You know, Deion Sanders is in a league of his own. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying they need to have their own separate color jackets for the special people, you know, at the top top. Uh-huh. But because uh, uh, I hear people, people saying they want tears to this now, right? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Shador Sanders, you're my number one pick. Uh, honorable mentions, Caleb Williams. Okay. I think he oh, is yeah. great to watch. I think his arm talent is incredible. I do like watching him roll out to the right, jump, and then throw it right on right on cue. But, you know, we've got to see it against some tougher defenses, and we've got to see it, you know, not – not crumble. I think Caleb Williams still is in the running, but I think we may have we may have cursed him with all this generational talent talk, all this talking about wanting part of an NFL franchise if he gets signed to that team, all this nonsense. I yeah. think we got ahead of ourselves, and I think Utah was like, "Hey, let's bring him back down to yeah. uh, to the Great Plains of Utah and teach him what's business." Yeah. Uh, and I think that's exactly what happened. So Caleb Williams, you're still in the hunt. You're still honorable mention. Quinn Ewers, he's not going to get the numbers this year with his injury. He's not going to be able to compete with some of these other guys. But Quinn, you was watching him when he's comfortable in the pocket. That guy is, he is absolutely a stud. And of course, he's a transfer from Ohio State. So that makes sense. You know, great, you know, traditionally a great quarterback and wide receiver program at Ohio State. Quinn, you you know, top notch, you know, some of the best in the league. And honorable mention, Joe Milton. Joe Milton, listen, uh, rough start for a few weeks. Okay. Okay. But Joe. You've got this, okay? I saw what you did against Clemson last year. We saw what you should have done against Alabama just the other day. But, you know, we play calling was an issue. There's other things to go in on that. But, Joe Milton, you're the other honorable mention. I think you're the farthest in the hunt, but I believe you are in the hunt, Joe. And I'm I'm with you, Joe. Hey, I like that. I like that. I, I like I, that I would... Heisman. I like that pick. I like that first pick, dude. That first pick, I like because everybody's kind of falling off Shador right now because of, like, the losses that they've had. But I mean, as you said, his dad is one of the greatest players to play the game of football, to know the game. So I mean, he's got I think he's got a one he's got one step above other people as well because he's getting pushed I think he's getting pushed further than most players are in in college football right now just because of the heritage that he comes from being Deion Sanders' son and the coaching that he has around him as well. So no I really can, like no that one can pick. face as much adversity as Shador Sanders is because the grade they're holding him against is harder than any yeah. other grade. No one's no one's treating Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brendan Rice uh, with the same grade that they're treating Shador and Shiloh Sanders right now. And that's yeah. because their dad is the coach. It's because their dad is known for being that big personality. He's going to tell you what he's going to do and he's going to come out there and he's going to do it. And you know what? 
uh, didn't quite do it on some of those games. But, I mean, he's building an incredible program. I think his his team is uh, electrifying to watch. Even in their losses, you see how much they want the win. You see how hard they're working for it. And sometimes, you know, like you said, you're supposed to win to get the Heisman. That's kind of one of the deals. But, you know, even if they don't have the best win-loss record, obviously, by the end of this year, I think Shador Sanders, man, I think he might be the best player in college football. Hey, in the – I love it because I was looking at these stats. I had them pulled up. Shador Sanders, number four in passing yards in the country and number three in passing touchdowns in the country. The stats are there. Only three picks on the year. I mean, this guy is awesome. Three. Awesome to watch. Three picks. I mean. That's insane. He is cooking. And I I respect, you know, I respect not jumping off off ship with these three losses. I mean, they're, they're they're still a fun team to watch. Shador Sanders is a legitimate first round pick. I think he should probably be probably be the third quarterback off the board bare, like minimum, you know, third or fourth quarterback off the yeah. board this year. He might stick around, you know, he's making a lot of money over there. At Colorado. Well, I mean, Dion already came out saying that he's staying back. So I, Dion, I, I mean, Dion, like, first off, Dion does not want to lose his starting quarterback. Dude, He's the, like making $8 million in NIL. I think like he's yeah, easily and, the most. And he has control over his career. He can't yeah. get traded. He can't get cut. He can't yeah. deal with a bad coach or a situation. Yeah, exactly. Front, like, I mean, office. like why would, if now that he can make money in college, I say, keep making money in college till you can't then go to the NFL yeah. and then, you know, tear them up. Yeah, do Big 12 next year, too, without Texas and Oklahoma. They could legitimately go win that conference. You never know what can happen with Oh, my God, dude. I just realized they don't have Texas and Oklahoma in there next year. Oh, my gosh. They could go win that conference. So That conference is going to be dog water next year. Yeah, it's going to be. Oh, everything is going to be dog water. Everything, yes. (laughs) Everything's just going to be weird next year. The 12-man playoff is going to be weird. All SEC conference next year. It's just going to be weird. Super Uh, conference time, baby. Nate, you want to start us off with the with your Heisman? Yeah, yeah, I'll go right ahead here. Yeah, there, there's some there's some players here that they got to have their respect. I love your honorable mentions because there are some guys that you know they aren't going to get their respect here. I don't have my honorable mentions. I feel like I need to start doing that. I'll start with my number five guy here. Jordan Travis is my number five guy right here. He is winning games and he has beat one of these guys that got in front of him. My only reason it comes down to stats and importance to the team. Jordan Travis has played amazing. I think he will be a really good NFL quarterback. I said it going into the season that like I think his best years are in front of him. He's played still very impressive football, and they still have everything in front of him. I, I don't think we've seen the best from him this season. He plays his best in his biggest moments, and they've got some big ones coming up at the end of this year, and I think we're going to see the best of Jordan Travis. Let's go to number four. This is one's tough. This one's tough. But J.J. McCarthy for Michigan, mm. number four for me. The stats are they're, they're there. They're not mind-blowing, but the offense is unstoppable right now. Yes, they're playing nobodies, but they're unstoppable on offense, putting up 40 points a week. He's played a lot more efficient. He's improved every single time he stepped on the field. I got to give him his respect because they're winning football games, but – the stats are not fully there, and this team is loaded. So you kind of have to you gotta play that. You gotta play that a little bit. You know, I don't want to give them too much respect, but you gotta give them respect. Undefeated. They're my number one team. If they're my number one team, they've got to have a close to Heisman quarterback. And I think JJ McCarthy is at that skill set. Let's go to number three. This guy, if he was not on this team, we've said it in multiple pods in the past, this team would be dead. Jaden Daniels at number three for me. He is so unbelievably talented. If LSU did not lose to Florida State, 
or Ole Miss. He would easily be the number one quarterback in the country. He is destroying every single stat, it feels like. Right now he is number, okay, let's see. He has the most passing touchdowns in the country, and he is number two in pass yards, only behind Penix, who is three yards more than him. So, Jaden Daniels at 2,573 passing yards and 25 passing touchdowns. Yeah, only three picks. Only three picks. Oh, damn it. Only three picks um, uh, for Jaden Daniels as well. He is special. He... I didn't know he would be this good this year. I I love Jaden Daniels, LSU guy, but I didn't expect this. He has played on an all-time level. It's crazy to say that with, you know, having Joe Burrow here a few years ago. You see this guy, you're like, good gosh. LSU couldn't get a quarterback to save their life. Now they have two of the most, you know, generational when it comes to their their franchise. I mean, their university. And they get these two guys in a span of, you know, five years. It's It's an impressive thing to see. I love what I'm seeing from Jaden. You got to give him his respect. This team would be dead without him. LSU still has everything in front of them if they get some help with some losses in the SEC. If they handle their business, you never know what can happen. Two lost team in the playoff. You never know. Uh, uh, let's move on mm. to number two in my Heisman watch. I got to put Dylan Gabriel. I was fighting between yeah. two players. I'm putting D- Dylan Gabriel. He'll, he he's still great, and you know he had his moment when he needed it once again to you know get the win against a USCF team. I really would love to have seen him go out there and dominate his former team and kind of solidify himself at number one with my number one guy kind of having an off week. But Dylan Gabriel still a very impressive player. Another team that can just if they keep on winning. They can get right into this playoff conversation sitting at number six for me, but they have everything in front of them. They can get into the playoffs if they win out, and Dylan Gabriel continues to be special. Number one, he's my favorite quarterback in the country. He had an off week. Every quarterback has an off week. This was his. Arizona State's not a great one to have it against, but he did. Give me Michael Penix Jr. still at number one for me. I, I'm I'm still a Michael Penix defender. I CDM said it last week that he can maybe still the number one guy off the board. We'll see. We'll see. I, if he, you know, keeps winning football games, maybe gets to a championship game and, you know, make some plays, he might could put himself in that conversation. Caleb Williams with everything, like you said, Gabe, asking minority ownership. And we, like, what, what are we doing? You're not even in the league yet. You know, you're like, hey, let's, let's slow down here. You're, that's not a good look. It's some, it's some strong stuff. Uh, Sam Darnold energy. Yeah. I remember if you recall, yeah. he didn't want to go to a bad team like the Browns, yeah. as he said. And uh, instead, he went to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam Darnold, what are you doing now? Listen, buddy. He's, uh, he's actually, he's actually sitting on the he's actually sitting on the bench on Monday Night Football right oh. now. It's kind of funny. Oh, I mean, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> but I just wanted to say. I mean, look, look. You come in with an ego like that, not realizing you're in a room full of people that are probably better than you. Yeah, you, yeah. You're you're still a big fish in the little pond right now. Yes. You better get to the big. You better get to the big pond. And I think uh, if Caleb Williams really thought that, then come on, man. You need to settle down. As the old. Uh, Ooh, yeah, a humble pie, not man. Good. I mean, it's we've how many times have we seen this workout? It's very, very few times where the quarterback or a player says, "I'm not going to this team. They're not good enough. I'm not going to play for a team that's bad." 
it's only happened a very, very select amount of times in, in the draft. And those yeah, players. Eli Apple. I mean, Eli Manning. And look what happened Eli to him. Eli Manning. Well, that, hey, two championships. So it works out. Well, Deion Sanders. Well, that, was, wa- that was a little bit different. I think uh, Eli Manning said, I'm not going to play for your team yeah. because I don't want to. And I don't that's want, yeah. a very different thing to say than I don't want to go to a crap team like the Chargers. Because I don't think that's what he said. I think it was more of a coaching situation that his dad was advising. Uh, okay. I think, okay. I you got know, you. I th- you know, I'm not going to disrespect someone who says, hey, you know, I, I think you know, we're going to need need a trade from that. I think, I think there's ways to do that, but uh, the way Sam Darnold did it was classless and it yes. showed him and, you know, you know, you got just desserts yeah, enjoy the, the bench. And that's why Baker Mayfield got drafted above him. So, Hey, yeah, it, 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 it's one of those things though, for me, you know, this it's a, it's a weird look, but Michael Penix, if he keeps doing what he's doing, the class act, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to win some, you know, scouts and coaches over, that's my number one player in my Heisman. Still, better get he better get back on his high horse though. You know, not not playing great last week against a bad team. You know, you might be yeah. slipping down, man. You might be slipping down. So CDM, what you got with your okay? Okay, at number five, I'm going to put Bo Nix. I still think Bo Nix coming off of a Washington okay. loss, but he still played good. I mean, he still played efficient in that game. He's still one of the best completion percentage passers in college football right now. Mm. Um, still has a very good offense around him, so I still think that he should be in contending for this. Plus, he just – I think he made his 54th start in college football. It's the longest active yeah, starting streak in college football or something like that. But yeah, Some, it's in the fifties. Yeah. He's like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Jeez. the longest starting quarterback to start in college football right now. Um, so I got him at five at four. I'm going to take Jordan Travis as both. I agree with both of you saying that his time is coming. His, his days are, you know, looking forward to the future in the NFL. I think those are going to be his best days, but right now he is just putting on a clinic, um, especially with this high-powered offense. As Nathan said, it's been a long time coming for this team. Been a very long time coming. Um, lots of ups and lots of downs, but uh, they finally put all the pieces together, got everybody right, and he's, as you said, Gabe, dropping dimes like a coin machine, man. Like, he is just doing what he needs to do. Um, at number three, I have Dylan Gabriel. Um as Gabe said, I agree with him once again. Dude is just electric. Dude is a horsepower monster. I mean, he just he gets the ball where you need to be, and once again, everybody has their eyes on him because you don't know what he can do. He can beat you with the pass game. He can beat you with the run game. He can fake you out. He can do a lot of things on that field that Oklahoma hasn't seen at quarterback for about a year or two. Um, you know, last year he got hurt, so he didn't get to see much of him, especially in the Red River rivalry where this was his first time playing, and look what he did. Balled out, had a monster game, um, especially that game-winning drive, which I loved. Um, I have Dylan Gabriel three at number two. I have the man who struggled last week. Uh, I have Jordan Addison, ball dog. That was dog. an impressive catch. Dude's a dog. At number two, I have Michael Penix Jr. Um, you know, coming off of a bad week, you know, two interceptions, two interceptions that happened in the first quarter were pretty bad. Um, had to come back down to earth and realize where he's at right now. You can't ride that high horse forever. But give him time. I promise you that they will be in a Pac-12 championship playing against Oregon again, and they will be playing for a national – they will go to the playoffs to go to a national championship, I think. Mm. And then at number one – oh, my gosh, Nathan, you are lying. Dear <laughs> Lord. That's a hell of a play. <laughs> at number one, I have the man that has been carrying this squad for all season long, the man who has 25 touchdowns, three interceptions, identical stats to Joe Burrow when he was at LSU – 
I have Jaden Daniels at number one. Wow. With the two losses, I understand the loss to Florida State was bad. You, I mean, another powerhouse team, and then the loss against Ole Miss. I don't want to put that on him. I'm going to put it on the coaching staff and the terrible defensive play that was happening in that game. Um, that was terrible. Just terrible. But I mean, he if put you look on at, the board, he put points on the board in that uh, game. What was it? Forty nine fifty five. Yeah, yeah. It was an explosive game, and Jaden Daniels did what he had to do, and. As Nathan said, there are some guys that are winning games that should be in it. There are some guys that are, you know, have lost a few games, missed field goal. There are some guys that have lost a game that should still be in it. And I think Jaden Daniels is that one. I mean, you you would be stupid not to have him in your top five. You don't have to have him at, you don't have to have him at one, but having him in the top five is respectable because of what this guy's doing, what he's doing for this team. As I've told Nathan multiple times, if he's not the quarterback for this team, LSU is probably four five losses right four losses right now in my mm-hmm. opinion if you don't have him especially with all the talent that he has around him making them better as well Malik neighbors is one of those guys that he has just found his main target in um Brian Thomas but I mean, dog yeah dude. Brian Thomas dog dude's gonna be playing on Sundays um Jaden Daniels best years are gonna be in the NFL we've seen it at Arizona State when he played as a freshman we've seen it the past two years that he's played at LSU and and how much better he's gotten through these two seasons with LSU especially with adversity last year was kind of a weird year um you know still went to the SEC championship had to play Georgia he got hurt but Jaden Daniels right now is showing to me that you know even with these two losses that he is still one of the best quarterbacks in in this right now um, I want to agree, and I want to agree with Gabe. Like putting a defensive player because the Heisman Heisman is basically a quarterback award. Heisman is a glorified quarterback award. Charles Charles Woodson had one of the best defensive uh, seasons that we've ever seen so far. And I was tempted to put Travis Hunter back in this, but after that Stanford loss and you know putting getting three hundred yards put on your head was just terrible. Yeah. But that's who I have my top five: Jaden Daniels at one, Penix at two, Gabriel at three. Uh, Jordan Travis at four and Bo Nix at five. Love it. Hey, I hear you. I hear you, man. And I like the, and I do like the honorable mentions, Gabe. I do like those a lot. Yeah. Um, I love keeping Caleb. Caleb Williams still should be kind of in the conversation for sure. Um, it's just these past two games, past two games have not looked good at all. Like, these past two games have just been struggle buses for this, for this team in general, not even the defense, which I harp on so much, but the offense just did not look good. Caleb Williams didn't have a touch passing touchdown last game. And I know there's still some things that he can do that some that most quarterbacks in college football cannot do. Like, I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes in college football right now, but you have to be able to win those big games. And he's got he's still got to play Washington and Oregon. So those are the two biggest games right there for his career. And going 0 and three against Utah is terrible. Just terrible. Sorry. Like Utah owns you at Utah owns Lincoln Riley right now. Like Utah literally will own Lincoln Riley by the end of his career. It's insane. Um, I like the top five guys. I like the top five Heisman picks. They're nice. Yes, sir. Hey, I think this leads us right in to our playoff predictions here. Is yours going to change CDM? I'm not going to give mine away. Do we see any, any movement in your playoff predictions? Did I change? Let me check if I, did I change mine from last week? I couldn't tell. Cause I, I I promise you, I feel like I just put the same teams again. Let me see real fast. Nope. Same teams. Okay. Hey, give them to us. Let's see what you got. Okay. At four, I have the Georgia Bulldogs at Mm -hmm. four. I think we see a loss. I think, as you said, you um, there are some losses coming their ways, in my opinion, especially without Brock Bowers. I think that they either lose to Ole Miss 
and I'm praying if they don't lose to Ole Miss that Tennessee could please beat them, Gabe. I'm begging, I'm begging them to beat all, Georgia. Listen, if Tennessee thinks they're going to get back into college football, which it would the playoffs, it'd be obviously an extreme situation. All the top teams would have to lose one or two games, yep. and Tennessee would have to beat Georgia. But if Tennessee can beat Georgia, you know, there's there. There's a hope, and I have seen Tennessee throw back-to-back uh, Hail Marys against Georgia and end up taking the win. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen I've seen the impossible uh, before. Uh, I'd love to see it again. Listen, I'm just saying because it opens a door for Bama to be back in that. So, um, <laughs> really hoping that y'all can do that. Uh, at number three, I got the Washington Huskies. I think they are the best team in the Pac-12 right now. Michael Penix Jr., probably the best quarterback in college football. I don't know. It's kind of a toss up between who's the best. Um, But Washington right there at number three, at number two, I got Oklahoma, Oklahoma at number two. I still think that they can, I think they can make a push. Um, The con, the schedule is really not that tough right now. I think we get a rematch between Texas and Oklahoma. If Quentin is back by that time, um, grade two AC joint t- uh, sprain, so that's pretty bad. But uh, I think it's basically kind of like Derek Carr's when he got his AC joint sprained. I think he's going to be out for maybe one two weeks. But uh, that means Texas is going to have some have to have some like elite quarterback play from elite coming out of these couple weeks. Mm. So Oklahoma at two, and then at number one I have Michigan Wolverines. Michigan right now, uh, the eye test is there obviously, but we will see when it comes to playing Ohio state, if they are all about it, especially since it is in Ann Arbor this year, um, we're going to see if Michigan can own Ohio state for three straight, re- uh, three straight years. Um, but I think they are, I think they can be uh, end up being the number one team. It just depends if they are in the playoffs, can they not do what they do every other year and choke it? That's the biggest pro that's the biggest question for Michigan in the playoffs. Can they be elite? Cause I mean, last year against TCU was, mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing that tcu went into that game and won so michigan at one oklahoma at two washington at three and georgia at four is my playoff prediction hopefully that changes in the next couple weeks and i can put alabama in there but you know fingers crossed this guy this guy he's never gonna give up i I respect that i'm never gonna give up on lsu either gabe how we feeling what's this playoff prediction on your side man you know to be honest, guys, I'd written down completely different results. So when I go back over these, I gotta make sure I don't uh, butcher it. But uh, I think I think I've been converted. Uh, number four, I think is going to end up being Michigan. Okay. Oh, I think okay, Michigan I like that. is going to be number four. I think, uh, like I said, they're a dominant team. Once they get into these other, you know, they have to beat Ohio State to get to the college football playoffs. But uh, either way, I think I think they're going to end up number four on the list. Uh, however, it falls. Number three, I'm calling it audible here. I'm moving some stuff around. Mm-hmm. Number three, I think it's Florida State. Okay. Ooh, I, I like that one. Florida, Florida State, I think, is going to come up over uh, over Michigan in the uh, consolation bracket. Uh, number two, I think it's going to be the Washington Huskies. Okay. I think okay. Washington is going to get all the way to the championship game, and I think they're going to be slightly overwhelmed by an incredible program that is just one of the toughest in the country and will be for a long time and has been, obviously, the past couple of years. And that top dog is going to be in the dog pound. Yeah. It's going to be the Georgia Bulldogs. It's, they're going to come back and do it again uh, because Brock Bowers is going to magically heal. They're going to take yeah. him to um, every church in the entire Athens yes. uh, area, and yes. they're going to they're gonna lay hands. They're going to heal his, himself. He's going to be back in the game in two weeks, guys. Uh, you know, maybe with a robot arm, uh, you know, whatever else. Uh, but Lord. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, 
Georgia, I think, is going to come away this year as a three-peat, as one of the hardest things to ever do. I think they want it. I think they're not going to let themselves lose a game, and I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, you know, when you, when you are facing adversity, can you sit there and put yourself through it time and time again? And Georgia does. They do it every week. Have you seen their schedule? They play Alabama and Tennessee every year. Uh, this is, you know, this that's why you know only one, only one Alabama, Tennessee, or Georgia is ever going to get to the college football playoffs because every year they're all going to get one or two losses out of that. And, uh, you know, Tennessee's going to get their turn eventually, but I think this year Georgia's still on my radar as the top dog. Oh, respectable. Yeah. respectable. Are, are we thinking uh, we're getting this Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, injury regiment, you know, with the mating dolphins. I think that will, yeah. I think that'll help a lot with, you know, <laughs> going to darkness they're, they're gonna use, retreat. They're going to use the witchcraft magic. Okay. They're yeah. going to, they're going to bring out Harry Potter, all the spells. Okay. Yeah. They, if they, this they, dude they is back, back in two games. Hey, if this dude's back in two weeks, I'm going to freak out, dude. I'm going to, no, I, I, think, want, I, I think it'll be four weeks. I think it's going to be four. I think Georgia tech is probably where he comes back. gets his feet back under him. And then he's going to be back for the SEC championship just to lose to Alabama and get their second loss of the season and not go back for a three-peat. He'll be back for oh, it's the hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams, guys. It's he'll be, okay. He'll be back for Ole Miss. Y'all are crazy. No. Oh, dear God. <laughs> no, let's get into mine here. I have no movement, I don't think, as well. This is a tough one, but teams, I like these teams. I think they're going to be here at the end. They're going to win their conferences. I don't think we see a double conference. None of us had it. I don't think we're going to see two teams from the same conference here. Number four, Florida State here. Like I said, their talent's there, but the ACC, it seems like they're going to be the weakest conference of all the conferences. So, in this all, I'm leaving the Big 12 out. I'm expecting a loss for Oklahoma at some point to put them out of this. All these teams right here should be undefeated. Number four, like I said, Florida State. I'm not going to repeat myself a thousand times. Unbelievable talented. Unbelievably talented. One of the best talented groups in the, the country. I've said that like every pod. Love what they have uh, when it comes to on paper, can they win the big one? We'll see. We'll see. Number three, Washington Huskies hold here for me. Like I've said, man, I believe in this offense. Offenses have made the playoffs every year. That best offense, we've seen it with TCU, Alabama, LSU. There's one team with an elite offense, shaky-ish defense, and Washington's going to find a way to overcome these little offensive woes that we've seen here, and they're going to they're gonna win this. They're going to win their games, and they're going to go undefeated, win the Pac-12. Let's go to number two. Got the Georgia Bulldogs. I think we see. I, I think we see a very, very, very close SEC championship game, where it's going to put some doubt in some some of these college football, you know, committee guys. You know, Georgia's going to handle their business for the rest of the season. Has a tough a tough game against Ole Miss and a tough game against Tennessee. Get to the championship, uh, SEC championship undefeated. And I think they're going to struggle with whoever they have to play with if if it either comes down to Alabama, Ole Miss, or LSU. I think we see a, a fun football game. For whoever makes it, um, this is not the same Georgia team. Even though Brock will be back for that game, we're going to see a very good SEC championship game. That's going to put a little bit of doubt. Even though every SEC team could possibly beat all these teams, because that's how good the SEC is. But this team at number one is going to wax everybody for the rest of the season until we get to the playoffs. Because this is when they like to choke. This is a classic Michigan move here. Number one for me is the Wolverines. They're going to wax every. They're going to beat Ohio State. They're gonna have any problem with Iowa? The Hawkeyes are somehow still in this. Yeah, little yeah, Penn State. They, they're gonna beat Penn State. They're, they're gonna beat the snot out of Penn. Penn State might not even put up 
three points on this team. It's in Happy Valley, dude. It's in Happy Valley. <laughs> Happy Valley. It's the whiteout game. This. It's the whiteout game. They might be able to hold that offense, but they ain't score on this Michigan defense. The Michigan defense is just as good or might be better than Ohio State's defense. It's, I think it's a lot better than Ohio State's defense. Uh, I don't know about a lot. Ohio State's got a pretty good defense. They got some players. Have you run the simulation on a Wolverine versus a Nittany Lion? Yeah. This is a good... Like, honestly, like that's the real question, right? I, feel like it, a, I mean... Let's see. Do you know what a Nittany lion even is? Do I, I know like, what it is? Is it a mountain lion? Let's see. We've always assumed, haven't we? I mean, it looks like a mountain lion from their like animatronic picture. It looks like a mountain lion. Oh, speaking of Georgia, don't they play in Tennessee this year? Um, I thought they played in Athens this year. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. No, they no, no. Athens. Y'all played in Athens last year, so y'all get oh. ten- so y'all get Georgia at home. Ooh, I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that twelfth man to be super, super loud. I'm gonna need that stadium to go insane. You know they are. I mean, no doubt. I mean, it's one of the loudest uh, stadiums in college football. The only one, the only ones that get louder is or relatively louder is uh, you know Death Valley and Baton Rouge. Yeah, that's it's the only. There's the only two that you really got to worry about. I know Michigan's loud. Michigan's, I think, I think they recorded the loudest ever there. Penn State's uh, pretty loud too. Penn State is pretty loud. All right, I'm about, mm, to, I'm about to find out. You know. All right. A badger wolverine are fierce. Oh, this is a hell of a way to put it. Are fierce little bastards, but they are scavengers <laughs> that aren't adapted to taking down large prey at, uh, items. A nittany lion slash cougar would definitely take some good bit, a, a good bit of scratches and bites, but would easily win this fight. So this okay, is, so it's determined that Penn State's winning, right? So, uh, it's determined we it's are it, Penn State. Science has spoken. Okay, I think sorry, that. Jim. Uh, I don't know how many signs you're going to steal, but uh, this right here <laughs> says this right here says science is. King, and that means that the Nittany Lion is going to eat that Wolverine. I love, I love these like anal- these like analysis from people on the internet. A lion, a mountain lion, Nittany Lion is much bigger and heavier than the Wolverine, and would likely win a death match. So, hey, the the internet has spoken. I think we had to listen to him here. I'm still gonna. I'm betting on the underdog there. Then you know these Wolverine. <laughs> this little Wolverine's gonna win. Enough scratches, enough bites. We're gonna win. Number one, Michigan for me. Hey. Yeah. All right. Hey, I think that'll do it for a little segment with Gabe, my man. I love your energy. You brought some heat, my man. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate you guys so much. I've been waiting to come on and spread some love and spread some life. Um, please, uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be on for the Tennessee-Alabama segment. Um, you just just assume that everything I say you know, would be correct. Yes. And uh, obviously uh, – Please don't fire Josh Heupel, okay? No. Tell everyone to calm down, yeah. okay? I don't think it's time yet. I don't down. think it's time. No. You he got his you w- a bit on the ball talk. Hey, listen, he got <laughs> his hey, he got his win last year against Bama. I think that's an upset. I he's, mean, I think he's, that- listen, we, we, it, it's a work in progress. This program is uh, far from perfect, but we're going to keep building. No, but, would you uh, rather you have guys- him or Jeremy Pruitt? Like, which one? Don't like, even you, talk. Exactly. <laughs> CDM, I don't even know who you Where's are Where's the anymore. McDonald's bags? Just- <laughs> Give me a McDonald's. Where's, uh, where's Dooley at? Hold on a second. <laughs> no, God. <laughs> oh, Didn't Kiffin coach there? Didn't Lane Kiffin coach there, Don't too? you even begin. <laughs> they dropped him off the, on the side of the road. We're getting this guy started. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, just to let you know, I will talk good thing. Hey, I, will, I will let everybody know that Gabe did write everything down for this game. He did tell me everything he wrote down, and they are correct stats. They are facts. 
show us what you got written down a little bit. Show us the notepad. Show us the uh, work and creativity that you put in so much. Oh, yeah. We got lists, guys. We got lists. I've got players listed. Oh, look at this. Do comes to work. Do comes to work with facts. I got some pictures in here. Look at this. Oh, you drew, drew pictures? Some. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Sure. There's a same schedule somewhere in there. Oh, hey. God. Listen. Uh, no, it was a it was a great football game. The score was a little misleading by the end. That scoop and score at the end definitely yes. uh, made it look like a like a more distant game. But that was great football through and through, uh, and it was a pleasure to watch. Yes, sir. Oh, it was a pleasure having you on, man. Yes. We appreciate it. Finally, we got you on here to talk some ball. All right, absolutely, guys. Hey, y'all have a good one. Yes, you too, Gabe. Adios. See you, Adios. Gabe. Nate Dog and CDM are back here. They're doing well. back. Great segment there with Gabe, man. Great segment, dude. Yeah, I love having Gabe on here. We've been trying to get him on for a while. Man knows his stuff. I'll be sitting at work with him, and we'll just talk ball almost all night. Uh, on the golf course, we'll talk ball. Big Tennessee fan, you know, had to break his heart this weekend or yes. last weekend, so sorry about that. Um, but, man, such a great man. Love the energy that he bring, that he brought to the pod. We're yes. definitely going to try to get him on here again for sure. Yeah, man, had some interesting picks. I respect a man that is no no regard for everything else out there. Like, have your opinion. I love it. I oh, love goes it. with his gut. He went with his gut for sure. Yeah. His Heisman pick. His Heisman pick. Picking Shador was very, very big. I like hey, that one. I respect it, man. I have no hate about that. I respect a guy that has his opinion. It's going to be strong about it. And he has some good ones, man. I, I respected his his reasoning on Michigan. Like, hey, man, I told you. Like, the man knows his stuff. Knows like, his you were sit up. I mean, we would sit up at Sully's and he would come up and talk to us. And you would be like, man, we need to try and get him on the pod. We got to get him out and, there. Uh, Finally, he uh, he switched shift with our manager today, and everybody was like, "What's Gabe off?" I was like, "Gabe came to join the boys. Yeah, Gabe Gabe came to talk facts and speak ball. And right. guess what? He did it, and he promised it, and he uh, you know, he delivered. That's time commitment, and I respect that. Of course, we'll have Gabe back on sooner rather than later. Once again, thank to him. But let's get this pot over with, my brother. We got to get into these game picks. I said it earlier in the pod. CDM still holds a one game lead at 28 19 is his record on game picks i'm sitting at 27 and 20 five and one last week for both of us only loss was the Penn state ohio state game we're cooking with gravy cooking with grease how you feeling brother man we should have put something on this man we should have put like some money or like a bet we should have done something because this is is it's gonna come down to the wire at one point one of us one of us is bound to mess up sooner rather than later once again, the Colorado pick at the beginning of the season is keeping me strong, yes. helping me out. Yes, um, none of my upset picks have really come into play, but uh, you know, I don't really think I have any upset picks for this weekend. Um, but it's fun. It's been fun, dude. It's been fun going up against you with these picks. We've been wanting to do that for so long, and uh, you know, may the best man win. Obviously, yes. may the best man win. Of course. Hey, as always, brother. Let's get right into this. Let's see if we got some different picks on the horizon here. Let's go out to Kentucky for the Volunteers matchup against those Wildcats. The Tennessee Volunteers lines are moving, so uh, they're fluctuating a little bit. Right now, Tennessee is now a four-point favorite, and the over-under is now 51-and-a-half. CDM, start us off. Um, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee both coming off of losses. Uh, did Kentucky have a bye week last week? I forgot. No, they lost. I know ten- Missouri. Oh, okay. So both teams coming off very big losses to ranked opponents right now. Um, you know, I think Tennessee Tennessee is going to take a lot away from this Alabama game and realize w- things that they should fix, things uh, mistakes that they don't need to make. 
Uh, Kentucky, it's Kentucky's a weird team. Kentucky's weird because, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were dominant, got killed by Georgia, and I think that's what ultimately led them to uh, slide over the edge. But uh, it's at Kentucky, which is very hard to play. It's a tough environment to play hey, in, but so is fault. Tennessee. My fault. You were right. They were Kentucky was technically off last week. The last game they lost was to Kentucky. Okay, I got you. So, okay, so Tennessee – let me rephrase this. Tennessee coming off a loss to Bama. Kentucky coming off a bye week. Uh, I think this plays in Tennessee's favor. Tennessee just had a really bad, uh, tough loss coming off of the Alabama loss. Uh, I'm going to take the vol. I'm going to take the Tennessee Volunteers to win this game. I'm going to take them to win 35 to 28. I think their offense can get it done, and their defense comes back out swinging. I think their offense will be more explosive and less conservative than they were against Bama. So I have Tennessee winning that game. All right, all right, hang on one sec. We got a 50-yard field goal here. I won't sell it if I'm ahead of you. It's okay. No, you are ahead of me. Just give me a second. If they miss this, then give the 49ers another chance. You're in for a rude awakening. They made it, didn't they? No. Oof. Yeah. Oof. If I'm a Vikings <sighs> fan, I'm in so much pain, bro. Like so much pain. You can't. You hey man, can't I, hey man. Hey, the Ravens defense is the reason I'm winning. So uh, compliments to the Ravens defense for shutting down Detroit. Yeah, I'm gonna get my first L in this fantasy league. It's okay. Listen, I needed a miracle, and hey, Hawkinson went out there and balled, man. He put up 20 points. He did everything he could for me. Can't be too mad. Christian McCaffrey does what Christian McCaffrey's always done for my fantasy team. Be a dog. Maybe like a. Man, what what I really needed that field goal to go in so we could go to OT. Oh wow, what a play. Harrison Smith, dog. Um, all right. Sorry. Wait, they missed it. Yes. Wait, I thought you said they made it. No, they didn't. No, they missed. The Vikings. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Vikings are gonna lose this game. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, dude, you just gave that 49ers team so much hope. Yep. That Vikings fans, this has got to be the most like painful season, bro. You just cannot. Ooh. You cannot. You have no luck. But okay. all right, back to back to yes. Pod Nate, who do you have? Tennessee versus Kentucky. Yes. Sorry, we got off topic, and this line keeps fluctuating. It's now at three and a half. So it was uh, just at Tennessee. four. Yeah, it was at four. Now it's at three and a half. Literally before the pod, it was at four. Now it's at three and a half. Tennessee. So they got Tennessee winning, but not by much. I don't. I don't see this as actually a close game, personally. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee kind of kind of curb stomps. I think what I saw last oh. week, I saw I saw a lot of good things, and I've seen a lot of kind of just bad things for Kentucky in their last couple games. The bye is going to help a lot, but sometimes you see a little bit of rust, you know that that ring rust from not playing some ball. So I think we see that early on, and Tennessee takes advantage a little bit of I a mean, surge late for Kentucky. At- you look at it too. I mean, Oklahoma kind of hoping to Oklahoma too, coming off a bye week yeah. and just not playing ball, not playing against opponents, and uh, kind of struggled a little bit. So yeah. I I agree with you on that. It's going to be hard for Kentucky to uh, really get a groove going. Yeah, and I I don't know. I just don't see. There's something about this Kentucky team. I'm just not sold. I cannot believe I the picked frauds. them. I cannot believe I picked them against Georgia. They're not a good. They're not like uh, if they can't run the ball. If they can't run the ball, they're not. They're not winning the game. So, and I don't. And, I don't and think they're Ely, the ball. Ely's not playing the way yeah. he's been playing. Like he's not playing like he did at NC State. Pick. Oh, oh my not- God! Game. Vikings win. Vikings win. Brock Purdy pick. How bad was this? Yeah, it was. Oh my God! Wasn't perfect, but. Hell of a play. Son of a... Oh, God almighty. Oh, we got to fight. We got to fight. Let's go. Oh. 
Yeah. I'm gonna have to drop back. I'm gonna have to drop Brock Purdy. I cannot believe that trade I got here. You got Deshaun Watson out of it, and he didn't even play. Hey, it's okay. I got Justin Herbert who put up 10 And how points. did he do last week? 10 points, baby. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in a, any better spot than you. So, um, no. But, yeah, man, this one's fun, interesting. I think Tennessee kind of statement win, kind of get them ready for these next big games against Georgia and stuff. So, give me the – Give me the volunteers. Yeah, not great. Uh, give me the volunteers. Thirty-four to twenty-one in this one. Huh. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll see. All right, Oklahoma. Speaking of, hey. Yeah, speaking of Oklahoma. Hey, speaking of Oklahoma, they're going out there to face the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, basketball. Oh, legit basketball. That's number one in basketball in college basketball. The Kansas Jayhawks. Hey, oh, they're doing you. something better than North Carolina can't do. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, see, are are they gonna are they gonna be a top? 10 team in football and basketball this year. Give me, give me your thoughts on that. Oh dear God. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, dear God. No, they're not going to be a top 10 team. I don't think I've ever seen Kansas be a top 10 not, team. Not, in- not B. I meant, I said B. Are they going to beat? A oh, top 10 I thought you said B my bad. Oh no, they're not going to beat Oklahoma. No, <laughs> same answer. Same answer. <laughs> no, they're not same answer. They can beat them in basketball. They're not going to beat them in, in football. I'm sorry. Oklahoma is just good. So I, uh, yeah, Coming off of that one, I have Oklahoma <laughs> winning this one. I have them winning 41 to 21. Um, they have to curve stop somebody. They have to get back in the groove of being dominant again. Um, close lo- close win last week against uh, UCF. No slouches right there. Um, I know they're still riding high on that Texas win for sure, but you have to come back down to earth, come back down to reality, and really look at, you know, um, what this team's about to be about. And I think Kansas is going to be the team to get them back on track. Sorry, Kansas. You're like the punching bag right now to <laughs> start off. So, uh, yeah, Oklahoma 41-21. Boomer sooner, baby. Let's go. I like that. Harry coming from, I kind of agree as well. This is going to be a game where I think we see a little bit of a, a flex here by Oklahoma. Gets the job done in a big way. Give me the Oklahoma Sooners. 40. Mm-hmm. 40. To 24. Very similar scores. Ooh. We had very similar scores. Very, very similar scores right there. So, yeah, let's go right on. Another Big 12 matchup. That's weird to say about BYU, but, yes, Big 12 now. Um, they go out to Austin, Texas to face those Longhorns. The Longhorns, the line, it feels like it's got – hang on, let's see if it's updated. It didn't update before the pod. Uh, you have 14 – in the script, it was 14 and a half, but they're also without Ewers. Ewers is not playing in this game. So – and BYU is no slouch either. BYU can get the job done for sure. I mean, they give teams uh, a run for their money. 17 and a half still. It's holding at that. 17 and a half? Yep. That's what it's holding at Good still. Lord. So, Good God. That's a lot. Well, that's a lot of points. It is a lot of points, especially without your starting quarterback at the helm. So mm-hmm. they have a lot of confidence in this Texas team in general besides the quarterback play. They have a lot of confidence. Yes. Um, you start this one off. Who you got winning this game? Yeah, this, the 17 and a half is crazy to me. BYU's not that bad. Like They've got some bad losses, but they've got some pretty good wins as well. I got the Texas Longhorns pulling it off, but I think we got a really good game on our hands. A little bit of a defensive battle, which Texas will win because they have the better defense. Give me the Longhorns 24 to 21. I like that. I like that. Um, I like BYU. I've always liked them. I love them as a sneaky team in this conference. Not to go out and win it, but just to give teams trouble, give teams a little run for their money. Yes. Um, I'm taking Texas. I think Texas gets it done. I think um, 
Malik can Malik Murphy can solidify himself as after Quinn Ewers leaves the starting quarterback for this Longhorns team for next season. I have Texas winning thirty-one to fourteen. All right, all right, thirty-four, fourteen. All right, got some, you got some big big wins here. Uh, where are you coming from? Let's go on to another one. Uh, it's just like I mean the. The Big Twelve just so like they got they got some teams in there that is just like uh, you got some teams from the American League that are just you know putting the, trying to get out there right now for recruits yeah. more like it. But Oklahoma and Texas run that division right now. Yeah, they do. They do. So let's go on to an SEC matchup that could or Ooh. could not be good. Let's see. Let's see, man. What are you thinking? Georgia goes out to the swamp. They are 14-and-a-half-point favorites, over under 49. What you feeling in this one, CDM? Well, it's in Jacksonville. Remember that they made a neutral territory. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like even playing field, but I'm pretty sure Georgia's going to take over that stadium. Probably. Um, Florida's been playing some good ball right now. Florida's been playing some really good ball. Graham Mertz has been, uh, Graham Ertz has been playing very good to, uh, you know, solidify himself as the Florida QB, the captain of that team. He's progressively gotten better throughout the season after uh, that Utah game was, was a struggle, but it was the first game of the season against a really good team. So they've progressively gotten better. I mean, they beat Tennessee already. Mm-hmm. So there's that um, Georgia without Brock Bowers is this is the first game without him. It's going to be weird. It's going to be um, not the same Georgia offense that we're used to seeing with him getting the ball or moving him around on that offense. But that also means we get to see a, a little bit of a new Georgia team, not really a new Georgia team, but um, a new different offense that does not revolve around Brock has to get more people going in that offense. Carson Beck has got to be the better quarterback on the field that day as well. Kirby smart has to have smart play calling and smart coaching, as we said prior. So I'm going to take Georgia in this one, 34 to 20. Okay. I think it's going to, I think, I, I mean, I wanted to take Florida. I wanted to take Florida and upset. I think they could do it, but you can't go uh, right now. I'm not going to go against the dogs anymore. I've learned my lesson of going against picking against Georgia. And uh, yeah, I've decided not to do that again until I see an absolute reason they should not be picked to win. So yeah, I have Georgia winning this game. I think it's going to be a battle. Yeah. It, I kind of agree on the uh, pick Georgia until proven otherwise thing. We learned our lesson the hard way, but I do have a weird feeling about this one. This game is either going to be really good or this is going to be a classic Georgia beatdown. No in between. It's not going to be it's not going to be in between in my opinion. So, what do I think it is? I think it's going to be a good game. I think they're we're going to see a little bit of some Carson Beck struggles, no safety valve with Brock Bowers. You don't have your best player on the field. I think we're going to see a little bit of an adjustment period with this squad. I think they'll find the run late on this Florida defense to kind of just edge themselves in a victory here. Give me the Bulldogs, though, 30 to 23. All right. All right. CM. All right. We'll see what happens in that SEC matchup, brother. Did you pick Florida? No, George, Georgia, 30 to 23. Oh, I was about to say, I thought I thought I heard it wrong. I was like, oh, my gosh, Nathan. Gators. Oh, we just talked about this. We're going Gators. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back, back back to this back to this so now we have another we have another good game coming up we have the acc game we have duke going to the louisville cardinals louisville had us all at the beginning louisville had us all by the string thinking that they were you know good that they were elite 
and uh, they uh, pooped the bed big time. Yes. Pooped the bed big time. Uh, Duke coming off a loss against Florida State, but without Riley Leonard, so that was uh, that was also a really big loss to the Duke Blue Devils not having their starting quarterback or their second-string quarterback. Had to settle with the third string. Don't even know his name. Probably not even worth going to look up. Um, but it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be low. I think it's going to be uh, a battle in the trenches because Duke, once again, as you said, has one of the best, has the fifth best defense in college football right now. So I'm going to take the Duke Blue Devils in this one. I'm going to take them with a score of 17 to 14. All right. We got some I think it's going to be a close game. Right. We got some consistency here. It's like we read each other's notes. But, uh, yeah, man, Duke, I love their defense. Louisville not sold completely anymore. I was never fully sold on that offense. The defense is good. Offensively, they're not going to be able to put up enough points against this Duke team, quarterback or not. Apparently, Riley Leonard is day-to-day. That's good enough news for me. Give me the Duke Blue Devils in this one, 24-20. to 20. Like that. Like that. All right, brother. Let's get this last pick in. The biggest game of the weekend. CDM, you want to start us off? Oh, man. Uh, I hate the Pac 12 haters not here so we could talk about Ah. this amazing game that we have. We have another Pac 12 matchup. We have the six and one Oregon, or sorry, seven and uh, six and one, six and one Oregon Ducks going going up against the Utah Utes, coming off a very big win against the USC Trojans. Hashtag trash. Hashtag shouldn't be mentioned in the podcast anymore. Um, so Oregon goes to Utah, very tough environment to play in. Obviously PAC 12 teams, uh, have some of the best stadiums, have some of the best fans as well. We saw that the Washington game, how the 12th man really made it hard for that offense to get into a groove most of the time. So we'll see what Utah's fans can do, but we're mostly want to see what Utah can do in general without cam rising another big matchup, another big test for Utah. Cause if you win this game and you not, and you give them their second loss, you, um, Ultimately, you're one step away from making another pack, your third consecutive Pac-12 championship. Um, as we said, as you told me before, they need some help. They need Oregon State to lose because that was the team they ultimately lost to. So I'm going to take Oregon. I think Oregon gets it done, obviously. I think Oregon is the better team when it comes to quarterback talent, when it comes to a roster as well. Uh, I think the defenses are pretty equal, per se. I think the defenses are both pretty equal, both pretty good. Um, but Oregon's Oregon Oregon has Bo Nix. Oregon has the Oregon has their quarterback, their captain, their leader, um, most consecutive starts in college football himself. So I'm going to take Oregon. I'm going to take them 35 to 27. I don't think it's going to be a major blowout. I don't think I think it's going to be a closer game than most people think. I think Utah still gives them a run for their money, but at the end of the day, Oregon's offense is going to be too much for this Utah defense because, I mean, if you look at it now, Oregon and Washington have the best offenses in the Pac-12. UFC does not, even though they have the best talented roster on paper. Paper and on the field are two totally different things. Oregon gets it done and uh, continue their hot streak of trying to make another Pac-12, to make a Pac-12 championship. Give me the Utes, baby. Come on. We're getting Ah, upset. Give them the Utes, baby. We're going upset. We can't pick all the same teams. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I got probably a uh, uh, two-loss. I'm two two games behind CDM, but I don't care. I've got a weird feeling that Nolan may have been a prophet on this one where we see the Pac-12 kind of beat each other up a little bit. I I can see that happening. I I mean, it's happening right now. 
Utah's not bad. I mean, this team's good. That USC game proved that they can put points on the board a little bit. Oregon's defense is a lot better than USC's defense. That is a very true statement. But I like I like this little quarterback. I think he can get the job done if he doesn't throw turnovers, if he can find the end zone a couple of times. If Utah gets a couple of big plays on defense, you know, turnovers, I see the Utes getting this one done, man. Give me the upset pick here. Oregon was the six-and-a-half-point favorite. I got Utah covering 31-27. to 27. Mm, similar scores again. Okay, yes. just on different sides. Yes, sir. Uh, it's going to be uh, – we have a good slate of games this weekend. Uh, I hope your picks go out, but I hope you lose at least one so I can continue my hot streak. Yes. Um, but, you know, may the best man win. Once again, have a beautiful slate of games this weekend. It's going to be another amazing week. Too bad we have to wait another week to get probably the most anticipated game of the year. Um with our teams, me being the Bama fan, you being the uh, LSU Tiger fan, we have to wait a week for this game. So the anticipation is going to build up for ne- next week's pod when we go into our game predictions and try and figure out who's going to win that game. Because I know we're both going to pick our teams. Obviously, yeah. we're not going to. I'm not going to pick LSU. You're not going to pick Bama. Yeah. But it's going to be fun to see what happens after this weekend. But uh, good luck to all these teams for sure. I hope that our predictions come right. Yes, sir. I'm right there with you. What a great, another great pod. Thank you, Gabe, for joining. Another great pod, man. And, of course, thank you, CDM, for uh, co-hosting once again. Always an honor. Always an honor. Hey, y'all can find us everywhere. YouTube, you can watch us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all podcast platforms you can listen. Please go out there and give us the support that we, we we don't want it. But we'll appreciate it. Go out there and follow we, us. We would take, we'll take support. Hey, we'll take it. We'll take anything that y'all give, man. But uh, at the end of the day, go follow us on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter. We're all out there. Nate Dog Sports, Nate Dog Productions. Go give us some love. And we just love doing this. So we're going to keep doing this for you and for ourselves because we love it. Exactly. All right, my we're man. putting out content. Yes, sir. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a great night. And we will catch you next week on College Kings. Peace. Yeah.